Welcome to another Ear in Review. This is for 2008. I'm Ricky Briganti, host of Inside the Magic, and joined once again, third year in a row, by the host of Window to the Magic, Paul Barry. Wow. Three years. I can't believe it. I cannot either. believe it. It's, uh, I feel like just yesterday we were sitting down to talk about our first uh, two hours worth of review, and now we're here for the third time. That is crazy. I do believe that when we sat down that first year, we said, all right, so we're going to keep this to about a half an hour or so, and we'll stick it in in the middle of our show. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And I think I actually did stick it in the middle of a show that year, despite the fact that we went well over half an hour. But uh, definitely not this year. I certainly anticipate a nice, long and exciting conversation once again. Absolutely. Despite the fact that 2008 was not probably the most exciting year in the, in the world of Disney that we've ever had. Yeah, I tend to agree. I was I was looking at the list of things uh, that happened this year, and uh, you know, I, I mean, it was a it was a good year, but it wasn't one of those years where it was like, wow, look at all that happened. Yeah, I mean, we had some some great attractions, we had some anniversaries, and and there's certainly a lot looking forward to. But you know, let's let's just run through whatever happened in 2008 and kind of discuss it along the way. Certainly, uh, the the first thing that comes to mind, which was way back at the very, very beginning of 2008, was out here in Orlando uh, when the Disney MGM Studios became Disney's Hollywood Studios. Yeah, we, we replaced MGM with DHS, and that just rolls off the tongue. Uh, I've gotten used to it. Have Do you still spit out MGM every once in a while? I do, but I, I've gotten to the point now where I'm calling it Hollywood Studios, um, which is good, because that, you know... People, people are going to start going. What's MGM? Yeah, I was in the um, the Magic Kingdom the other day, and I heard, uh, I was, you know, overheard a family talking back and forth, and the dad said, "Oh, you know, so and so is over at MGM," and then the, I think the daughter replied, "Oh, do you mean Hollywood Studios?" So it's it's kind of <laughs> catching on with with people who are younger and don't really remember MGM. They don't know, you know, what that is necessarily, but I think for adults, it may take a little bit more time to to make that full transition. Yeah, for the little guys that are listening to this, MGM stands for Many Good Movies. That's uh, that's what it stood for. And fortunately, so. Disney was able to hang on to those uh, Many Good Movies, in, you know, for in the Great Movie Ride and all of that. I would, you know, as much as that ride probably needs an update, it, you know, it's good to have the classics still in there, even though MGM is not part of the name anymore. I was just going to ask when we were talking about that: uh, Is there any rumor that? that that particular ride is going to get an update at any point, or are they just going to keep it that way? I believe at any given point, there is a rumor about anything anywhere in Disney, but uh, as far as uh, rumors that are actually possible or likely, nothing that I've heard. You're just going to be difficult this year. I'm going to try. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but uh, I mean, other than the name change, there really wasn't a whole lot to it. It was, you know, they didn't even really make a big deal out of it. Uh, I've noticed that finally all of the street signs, you know, driving around Walt Disney World property have finally shifted over to, say, Hollywood Studios. It took many weeks worth of 2008 as they, you know, they'll change one sign and then down the road it still says MGM. And then I'm sure some people were driving around like, oh, how do I get to, you know, one or the other? But I think they've got it all under control now. Yeah, see, since I was not able to get out to MouseFest this year, I, I didn't get a chance to see all the new signs or anything. I, I trust that the signage and artwork and all that other stuff is up to snuff and interesting looking yeah, within the park it's really funny they they essentially just took the identical pieces of artwork and signs and just swapped the words out they used the same fonts and the same everything i i don't think i saw any 
or very little new creative with the Hollywood Studios logo. One or two signs here and there, but that's about it. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Well, that uh, I look forward to seeing that the next time I come out to Walt Disney World and seeing what it uh, what it looks like. You can just pretend it's a whole new park, even though it's not. A whole new park. I think you said that last year. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> this, well, people get upset if I don't sing. At least, well, they get set, upset if I do sing. Actually, well, it only took I a think few I, minutes. Yeah, I, I get I get more complaints than than praise, but yeah. So a whole new park. In that case, we'll uh, just completely change the subject then so we uh, don't have you sing anymore. Uh, another park had a different sort of, uh, well, I guess it was an anniversary, not really a name change. It's Animal Kingdom moved on to, to 10 years, which is crazy. I remember when it opened. seems like not that long ago. It's a lot of things, but it's not a zoo. That is correct. I, I very much remember those commercials, and uh, you know, sometimes I still think they need to be running those because uh, I'm not sure that that park has fully ever reached its potential as far as attendance. What I find interesting, though, and I noticed this while I was out at MouseFest last year, is I was standing out in the front, and there's a sign that says, Animal Kingdom is a member of the National Zoos and Parks Association. <laughs> so it is a zoo. <laughs> Uh, apparently so apparently it's not a zoo but it's a zoo uh, i don't know whatever that means but, uh, but uh yeah i mean I, 10 years is pretty cool that's that's a good milestone yeah and and i heard the audio from that that they had um what who did they have out there it was um the the gorilla lady <laughs> it was jane goodall that's yeah, it, See, it, not, it was a really nice event actually kind of coming off the heels of uh, the epcot 25th event uh, last year you know, Disney really took it upon themselves to put together a, a pretty nice morning and a series of events that day to celebrate the uh, the milestone. They had Jane Goodall come out and gave a you know a small speech in the morning. She rode out with Joe Rody, the Imagineer, you know, responsible kind of you know leading the team for Animal Kingdom. And then uh, Joe Rody gave a, a special talk that day as well. Uh, which was mostly to cast members, but a few other people snuck in there as well. And and then he was available for, you know, signings and that kind of thing throughout the day. So they, they did a nice job celebrating that anniversary. Now, that Joe Rody thing, the second half of that, was that the one that took place in the Nemo Theater? Yeah, exactly. And, it, you know, it was kind of just a, a bizarre event. The theater, I'd say, was not you know, may, maybe three quarters full total, and they didn't really publicize it, but it seemed like just about anybody could walk in if they happened to know about it. Interesting. Yeah, I, I just uh, just got a text message the other day. Speaking of Joe Rody, that uh, Tony from Above the Fireplace, uh, he uh, he was just coming back from Mousefest and got on the plane, and Joe Rody was on the plane with him. Ah, very nice. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think that they were sitting close to each other for uh, for each of their sakes, or or they would have been talking <laughs> each other's ears off Probably. the entire time. Yeah, you know, uh, you, you mentioned Mouse Fest, and I did see Tony when he was out here, and we missed you out here at Mouse Fest. It was uh, the first Mouse Fest I've been to without you being out here, so that was kind of a different sort of experience for me. Yeah, there's a lot of people that were that were saying they were asking about me and and that sort of thing, which I'm very touched by. Uh, I'm I'm hoping to make it out eventually. We'll see. Don't know about 2009, but we can talk about that when we get to the. Uh, the looking forward portion of the show. Which will be in, you know, an hour or so. Yeah, come come back in an hour. <laughs> no, 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 keep listening. Right, so. right. So, uh, yeah, Animal Kingdom, 10 years. Uh, what has happened over the past 10 years of Animal Kingdom? Of course, Expedition Everest is the most major thing to happen to Animal Kingdom. Aside from that, is there anything? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, they got rid of Pocahontas. Right, right. 
They've yeah. replaced the stage show, I guess, a couple of times. They built that whole Chester and Hester dinosaur thingy. But yeah, I think that's the official name, too, uh, the right. dinosaur thingy. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what it is, just kind of a thing that's over there kind of just taking up space. Yeah, I had a chance to go over there um, when I was there. I, I obviously am not going to ride things like Primeval Whirl and uh, and things like that. A smart but move. I had a chance. To say that again. A smart move. Oh yeah, I uh, I had a chance to 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 go over there and kind of hang out for a little bit, and it's it's really carnival. It's it's kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, I that's what it was intended to be and i don't really get it but uh, people seem to have fun as they're walking through there and playing the games you know all all six or seven of them yeah yeah now um i guess another thing that they added was the yak and yeti that's right yeah a a pretty good restaurant you know a little little pricey but what isn't around disney but other than that a pretty good restaurant sit down or or counter service it's um uh, gosh i can't even remember (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think it, I think question. it's both. Yeah, that's it? a, it's kind of a, a confusing uh, mix in there. But uh, from what I, you know, I haven't actually uh, eaten there yet, so that's why I can't tell you one way or the other. But uh, from what I understand, the food is is pretty good. So, it's you know, it amazes me every year when we talk about this. How many things at Walt Disney World you haven't done? I think we need to start the list of things Ricky hasn't done at Walt Disney World. It'd be it'd thing. be a long list, and it's kind of on purpose because uh, you know if I went there and there wasn't something new for me to do all the time, then you know it's not as fun. So I always want to keep those those things kind of lurking out there, and then when new things open, I'll say, okay, I'm going to put that off, and now I can go do this thing. True. I hear that at the at the Yak and Yeti, there's a, um, a a second floor with big windows where you can watch the parade go by. Does that sound familiar to you at all? Not in the slightest. No, that that was something. So, somebody said that. I don't know if it's true or not, but I, you know, I kind of thought it would be cool to have a have a table right next to a window that was overlooking the uh, the Jam and Jungle Parade or whatever it's called uh, that, as yeah, it goes that, by. That would certainly beat standing out in the uh, the heat at that park because uh, you know that parade. While it's and eh, the parade's all right when you're standing amongst all those trees that are just making it so humid and it's not a terribly pleasant experience. True. True. Um, Let's see, there's more Asia over there, but I don't think that there was any anything else added. Boy. That that's really it. In in 10 <laughs> years, I mean, uh, you know, they've kind of just tried to, you know, put it out there and try to get people to realize exactly what Animal Kingdom is and I think pretty much everybody understands that now. I don't know if anybody actually goes there and spends a whole day there though. I usually will give it a day, but it's it's not a it's not a full day because I never do full days when I'm at Walt Disney World. I'm well, <laughs> starting next time I may, but up until just recently, my my plan was to sleep in every morning, get out to the parks by noon, stay in the parks until they were closed, and then you know go to the Adventurers Club. <laughs> well, and since we'll talk about that later, but. But since those have kind of changed now, right. maybe I'll start going into the parks earlier. I don't know. But uh, but I always didn't have a problem going to, to Animal Kingdom and spending, quote unquote, a whole day because mine was only about six hours. Now, for the um, for the 10th anniversary, they had a, a really great little media event uh, that I got invited to that I, I, I think part of it was some of the coolest stuff I've ever seen in Animal Kingdom. And it's things that not everybody you know ordinarily gets to see like for instance the place where they bring in the 
giant elephants and it's like an elephant car wash practically they have them you know maneuver exactly in the right position and you know raise their foot and their trunk and then stick their ear through this thing and they wash them and it's it's really cool and you know if only there were some way that that could be seen by more guests i think it would be a really great experience Kind of like that walkthrough in the back where you can see the tigers and stuff like that, but you and it takes you through a tube into the back so that you can see that happening kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can sort of see a little bit of that aspect of it when you, you know, you take the train and you go way back to that uh, Rafiki Planet Watch kind of area and you see where they do some of the operations and checking up on animals and all that sort of thing. But it's all kind of, you know, you're looking through a piece of glass and you might get lucky and actually see something there. Uh, you know, they bathe these animals and check them up fairly regularly. So if they had some kind of a publicized schedule where you could see that thing, I think it's really neat to see how they, you know, just the upkeep of what goes on in Animal Kingdom is really amazing. The elephant wash and wax at 3 p.m. today at Animal Kingdom. And, and then maybe they could put a water ride next to it and, you know, it'd be uh, fun for everyone. That's true. Very good. I like it. Let's get on it. I'll pass. So... <laughs> oh, oh, fine. Be that way. So speaking of things that were added, I'm, I'm going to go, I, I, and, and I'm not even sure this, I think this is at Hollywood studios at your end, but we've got it at California adventure. Have you been on toy story midway mania? Absolutely. I was there. Uh, yeah, many times now. I love it. Great new attraction. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought that was when I first saw, well, may actually, maybe now that I think about it, did you do a video? showing the ride um no i i didn't want to do a a video of the whole ride since it's all you know in in 3d and it figured that wouldn't come across very well in Uh in home use but uh i did have a video of the the kind of the opening ceremonies that they had okay because i saw a a video of the inside of the attraction Mm -hmm. and somebody just just went through it and and i was looking i was going man that looks lame right which is exactly why i didn't do a video i knew is i you know i wanted to ride through first obviously just on my own not staring at a video camera the whole time and after i got off i was like you know this is just not going to translate well to video it's going to look like you're playing some silly video game and that's it and and you are playing some silly video game but that that has got to be one of the more interesting things the, the one of the best concepts that they've come up with in a while for just a kind of a, a straightforward attraction i had a great time on that. it is all about the execution with that ride because when if you were to describe it to somebody, uh, you know, you get in a car and it takes you from screen to screen and you shoot little darts and baseballs and stuff. It just sounds lame. Um, yeah. You know, it sounds like a, a cheap version of Buzz Lightyear or like the, you know, the Men in Black ride over at Universal or something like that. Like they didn't want to invest in real items, so they just went ahead and slapped some screens in there. But it's actually completely the opposite. It's it's incredibly immersive and, and fun. And that system that they have to get you through, I mean, just going to the basics, that the cars are akin to the Indiana Jones in the in the amount of, of uh, stuff that they have to do to get you through that ride. Because you're going, what, there's two or three different paths that you can take through the attraction? Yeah, the, the, te- and the technology is definitely absolutely amazing from, yeah, the cars, you know, they have to sense exactly not only where you are, but where you're... you're um shooting gun thing is uh, whatever they call those the spring action shooter uh that's where that is and you know exactly where it's aiming that's what struck me as amazing is the fact that it really looks like these items are flying out of your gun yeah 
I mean, it's, it's just the amount of technology, and that was the word I was looking for earlier. That it's it's amazing what they put into this. It's a very simple idea: shoot the dart at the target. But in order to have that happen, just amazing. And I I actually recorded a uh, a conversation with the people who were instrumental in creating Toy Story Midway Mania uh, when I was at the NFFC convention in July. And I've been toying with the idea of releasing that because it's a, it's a lot of interesting information. What I have to do is go back and see if uh, if they asked us not to uh, not to record it or not to release it. Mm-hmm. But if uh, if they do uh, allow me to release it, then we'll get some good look into this uh, because there was a lot of stuff that they tried on this, and and they had to go back to the drawing board a number of times because they were making people sick and it just wasn't working and it's it's amazing. Yeah, the the fact that you're you're pretty much constantly moving either at a slow speed or a fast speed and at no point does the 3d seem out of place even if you're you know you're what is like four screens wide if you look to your left and look to your right the perspective all still somehow seems to work yeah it's it's really really cool if you guys have not given this uh a a try yet you know because i know the line is long especially i i don't know what it runs at at hollywood studios but at dca you can wait for 45 minutes to an hour for this. Thing. Yeah, that sounds about right. The fast passes are usually gone within an hour or two of the of the park opening. Yeah. And, you know, so I just go get in the standby line. Plus, you get closer to uh, to Mr. Potato Head that way. Um, and ours is outside. Yeah, our, yeah I uh, thought Mr. that was, it was an interesting difference there. Ours, it's it's kind of a bizarre place to put it. If you use fast pass, you pretty much don't see it at all. You might out of the corner of your eye as you're quickly walking by, you have to wait in line for about half an hour before you even get to see him. Yeah. And, and at, uh, California adventure, he's in about the first 50 feet of the queue and he's right out in front, actually barking the attraction. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, and he's right there. I mean, when you're standing right in front of him, if you stepped over that fence, and reached over, you'd, you'd be touching it. Well, that's a lot closer than it is out here. The railing, uh, between the distance between the railing here and the actual uh, figures, probably at, at least 10 feet. Yeah, see, he's very, very close at California Adventure. It's, it's a great so animatronic. You, I love watching it. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. I, uh, I'll i be going back and shooting it uh, in HD here um, later on, actually, in January. And I'm looking forward to spending some time standing in front of the thing and trying not to get picked on. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's fun how you know he uh, right he does interact with with people in the crowd. I just I just kind of like looking at it and watching you know the eyes blink and him pulling his ear off and just something that massive moving so fluidly is really great. Yeah, and and speaking of pulling his ear out, uh, have you seen it malfunction yet? No, I haven't. I've I've heard it happened uh, a number of times, but I haven't seen it personally. Yeah, neither have I, but, uh, yeah. It, it's I've, bound I, to happen. I've, yeah, I've heard that he's dropped his ear and things like that. The nice that. thing is that funny. they expected it so much that they did uh, record some lines for it, you know, with Don Rickles, and, and they're prepared for it to happen. Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting that if, you know, if his ear doesn't go back in, he, he comments on it, and that's, it's a little weird, but uh, but it's good that they're thinking ahead. Yeah, it's better than him just, you know, locking up and freezing until some cast member walks up and, you know, puts it back in. And then all of a sudden, you know, he comes back alive. So that would be kind of weird. Right. Yeah. Um, what, so what uh, what's your high score? Uh, 
uh, not, I don't remember specifically, but it wasn't very good. I think um, <laughs> somewhere in the 100,000 range. <laughs> okay. My, well, you know, mine's 186,000 so far. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of some pretty astronomical scores. So in the grand scheme of things, uh, you know, not not great, but... Yeah, I, the the ones, the twos, probably even the threes are are pretty pretty low. I think the highs are in the fours. My uh my wrist gets far too tired by the end of the attraction for me to you know keep it up the whole time. Do you do you switch arms halfway through? I've, you know I've never tried. It, it, not only have I never tried that, but I've sat on the right side of the vehicle every single time I've been in there. <laughs> I switch arms about probably once every uh, every time we move. Mm-hmm. I'll sw- I'll switch and use a different arm. Yeah, I think really that, the key is just to not, you know, go crazy with it and just shoot at everything, but somehow actually know what the best things to shoot are. And I haven't been on it enough times to really figure out, you know, the highest scoring items. Oh, I just shoot at everything. Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of fun if you <laughs> just want to do that. And that's pretty much what I do, too. So Yeah, just destroy. Yeah, especially yeah. especially with the baseballs and the plates. That's just fun to hear all the busting glass noises left and right. That's right. I am not your mama. Break those plates. I, I love the fact that they actually they and and they said that in the um, in the thing that I recorded. Um, they found that when they were um, testing it, they were play testing. They found that kids were hesitant to break the plates. Oh, really? And so they actually went back and recorded the line. You know, I am not your mama. Break those plates. <laughs> That's funny. So that kids would realize that it's okay right, right, right. To, to break the plates. Yeah, that, that's pretty funny. I guess all the other ones are kind of natural. You got, you know, what, water balloons and darts and that kind of thing. But yeah, normally throwing baseballs at a plate is, a, is not such a good idea. Yeah. And so, you know, that was something they discovered after they had built the attraction and they were actually in play testing. And, and they had to add the line so that kids would relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's a tribute to just how real this thing appears. Because kids were thinking, these are real plates. I better not break them. Yeah, it, well, just hearing the, the sound upon impact really kind of registers in your head like, whoa, I really actually broke something. It, it has just that perfect sound effect. Yeah, it's a good thing. I uh, I think this is an an overall wonderful attraction. It's that, a you, you, know. you know it's great is now that they've built this this technology they're uh, already starting to apply it to other things. I just you know they just announced that they're taking the kind of interactive technology from this real time rendering and all of that sort of thing and putting it on the cruise line with a virtual Jack Sparrow character that people are going to be able to kind of navigate the ship on the big screen with. Are they going to, like, have they throw the pie at Miley Cyrus attraction here eventually? <laughs> well, I don't know, but I, I would definitely take part in that one. It sounds fun. <laughs> I like it. Oh, speaking of things that I like, uh, that would bring to mind one thing that I did not like that happened this year just a couple of months ago. That was the closing of Pleasure Island. Did you see this coming? Um, n- n- no, I didn't see it coming. And I know we already had a, you know, a conversation about it as it was going on a few months ago. So now, months later, have your feelings you know, changed or, or softened or do you still shed a tear? I shed a tear, man. I mean, I, I am not one of those that will go and, and sit in front of the attraction you know, and cry. But I will, I will in fact go up and touch the door if I'm there and it's still there. I will go and touch the door 
because that th- that was a great loss. It really, really was. And, and you're specifically and, talking about the Adventurers Club. I'm t- yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the Adventurers Club because t- to me, uh, Pleasure Island was the Adventurers Club. I I didn't go into the other clubs very much. Right. So I'm I'm not lamenting their loss all that much. Well, but, you know, uh, last time we talked about this, I had not yet been to the Adventurers Club. And of course, I got, you know, a million emails from listeners saying, how could you possibly have an opinion on all of this if you haven't been there? You know, you don't know if you don't like it unless you try it, that sort of thing. And so I, I headed out and I tried it and I certainly laughed my uh, my rear end off the entire night. But I'm still un- of, under the impression, you know, of the same opinion, essentially, that I don't particularly miss it. Have, have you heard Window to the Magic, the end of the show recently? Um, no, I, I have not. No. You're, you're one of those that cuts out yeah, when you, I say, yeah. Pretty much. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which I, <laughs> At I, the, I suspect many people do on my show when they hear the great big beautiful tomorrow. It's like, okay, that's the end of the show. Turn it off. Yep. And that's why I personally put content after the end of my show. So, so, that, so what Adventurers Club content has been at the end of your show? I have... Um, it it says sometimes uh s- sometimes you eat the bear sometimes the bear eats you but always dress for the hunt kungaloosh and it's um it was something that it was just at the end of one of the shows it was just something that just happened to to kind of sum up the adventurers club and that feeling that you get when you go and I felt it strong enough of a loss to actually change the end of my show. It used to be just Don LaFontaine saying, surround yourself with the magic. Mm And, and, uh, now, now it plays that there's a little bit of the organ at the end and then Don takes us out of the show. So that's the kind of loss I, I thought we had with pleasure Island going away. And and, you know, it's real unfortunate that we lost, uh, Don LaFontaine while we're on the subject as well. Yeah. Yeah, I I was really really feeling blessed for having gotten that uh that recording uh from him prior to his passing because it's it was just such a nice thing for him to do and he did it for charity. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we I I gave some money to his uh his favorite charity as uh, as a thank you for doing that. So he he was just a really nice guy and uh yeah, that's that's another big loss too. Mm. Yeah, that's that's definitely terrible. Um, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, a couple of summers ago, I guess we were um, talking about doing uh, I'm well into doing a, a top three attractions that you would like to see uh, turned into movies. And we were going to make these big movie trailers out of it. And um, people still ask me, hey, is that ever going to show up on the show? And the secret behind that whole thing is that I did want to contact Don LaFontaine and hopefully get him to be involved in that somehow in much in the same way that that you did. And uh, obviously now that that will never happen, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, can I I make the announcement? Can I? Can I? All right. Sure. All right. He's going to be doing them, and taking the part of Don LaFontaine will be Judy Dench. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Great. Uh, uh, <clears throat> no. And, and yeah, uh, as soon as I'm able to book Judy Dench, then that's when people will finally hear it. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. But um, but anyway, did, did, back to did, back to Pleasure Island and all of that. Did you have a, a, a favorite club? Did you go to Pleasure Island? No, I mean, really, almost never. I, I went there many years ago. 
uh, once with uh, Grab Night. Uh, went there a couple of times for some band performances, but that was unrelated to actually having fun. And right. um, uh, other than that, just my recent trip specifically to go to the Adventurers Club, and that was pretty much it. I mean, I've been in the other clubs and, and didn't really enjoy any of them. They were, you know, you know, going to a club and dancing to pre-recorded music played by somebody just doesn't have any appeal to me whatsoever. Um, so, so out of you, everything, you, the Adventurers Club was definitely the most entertaining thing there. You, di- you didn't go to Cirque du Soleil? <laughs> that's another one of those things that's just on that list of, yeah, eventually. <laughs> How about the restaurants? The restaurants in the Pleasure Island area? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, like Raglan Road? I mean, I, I realize that's still there, but... right. Um, no, I mean, no, I haven't been there either. Really? Wow. Welcome to the 2008, this list of things Ricky hasn't done show. <laughs> and, and I'm sure I can we... continue to rattle them off. There's <laughs> a very long to-do list, and as long as new things keep popping up and I keep, you know, going to events and this and that, it's it's hard to get to some of these things that have been around for so long just because they have been around and they're just kind of like, hey, you know, I can get to that later. Let me do something current. Like T-Rex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's new, and I was absolutely there on opening day. Did you eat there, or did you just cover it? I uh, I sampled the food that was uh, being brought around during the opening event, which was a pretty good sampling of everything that is available to eat there. Mm. And? I uh, enjoyed almost everything that I ate. The food was uh, better than Rainforest from what I ate. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I I really wanted to, you know, I was originally planning on and going out to Walt Disney World to go to Mouse Fest this year and and I was looking forward to hitting T-Rex because I like Rainforest Cafe. We have one up here in San Francisco mm-hmm. and I drive, you know, an hour to to go to that one and and so the idea of having one themed to dinosaurs and whatever, that sounds like a really Good idea to me. I like it a lot. Uh, you know, I've been to Rainforest a million times. It's definitely uh, one of the stops that I'll make when I'm, I'm hungry uh, out at uh, downtown Disney in California. Uh, I'm not much of a fan of any of the other restaurants that are there um, in, really? in that area. Uh, do you have a personal preference there? Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen. Uh, Jazz Kitchen. I think I had some breakfast uh, stuff there once. Oh, when you come out here, hopefully you'll come out for, for Friends of the Magic. And if, if you come out here, we'll have to go to uh, to the, the Jazz Kitchen. That is awesome food. Good. Oh, oh. okay. Well, I, I must have just uh, skipped over that one uh, inadvertently then. Yeah, it, it doesn't look like much from the outside, so right, it doesn't right. surprise me that, that you haven't been there. But, yeah, I mean, I've, so you know, I've heard of Rainforest. I know I liked Rainforest, so I go to that uh, pretty often, and I've been to it out here many times. So to have something like T-Rex open from the same uh, creative forces and the same operating uh, people then you know that's great it's a different theme same idea kind of similar food but like i said personally i I thought the food was actually even better than rainforest that is good now is is t-rex aren't they the same people that own yak and yeti yeah yeah exactly it's uh they were created by uh, a shustler creative uh that's kind of the idea from you know the brain behind the whole thing steve shustler and uh then landry's is the company that actually operates the restaurants landry's that's the one okay and, uh, wow. So I'll have to check that out next time I get to Walt Disney World. I, I am really looking forward to that one. I'm one of those people that goes to Walt Disney World to, to go from restaurant to restaurant and I kill time in between restaurants mm-hmm. with attractions and shows. <laughs> yeah. I- and, you know, I mean, literally, I mean, that's the first thing I plan when I go to Walt Disney World is where am I eating? 
I, and then then I worry about it. I talked to somebody at uh, at Mousefest um, about T Rex, and and they said that after. You know, they were there a couple of times and it, and it got old real quick, but uh, they had also said that they were kind of stuck in the back where there wasn't much activity, which is the one, I think, negative thing that I saw when I was there is that there's, you know, you walk in and there's this giant, awesome T-Rex animatronic, you turn a corner, there's another one, uh, you know, you go to the right, there's this great kind of volcano fire room, to the left is this underwater bar area, then there's the big ice room, and those are all really visually stunning and a lot going on with animatronics and all of that, and then you get to the back, and it's kind of this jungly area that's almost Rainforest Cafe Part 2 minus anything. Oh, they've got one of those at the rainforest in san francisco too there's a room in the back that it's kind of like a underwater area Mm -hmm. and there isn't much going on in there so i i could i could see where that might happen yeah so for for full enjoyment of t-rex i think one of those front rooms is really where you want to be well you you got me excited with the ice room idea tell me it's really cold in there uh it, it feels cold it's not any colder than the rest of the restaurant but the fact that you're surrounded by glowing you know seemingly blue ice just kind of makes you feel colder good good cuz that's what i like when i'm in florida oh, to yeah. be cold oh yeah absolutely yes. especially you know uh, what are we a week from uh well you know we're in the christmas season now and uh holiday season i guess and uh christmas season <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's like 80 degrees here in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about 38 here in California right now. Snow on the hills. You bet. Right. Uh, we've had a cold snap here as much of the country has over the last couple of weeks. And, and uh, it's it's freezing. We have, it really is. We, have, uh, we had a cold day. Oh, very good. Would you get down <laughs> to 60? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, we may have even gotten to like 59. Wow. <laughs> Jacket weather. Yeah, well, yeah, I was actually down in pants and a sweatshirt, and ugh, that's cold for, for me, so. How's how's this for a transition? Speaking of air conditioning, one of the favorite things <laughs> for me to do at Disneyland and Tomorrowland is the new Interventions Dream Home. That was slick. I like that. I, I, uh, I, I go in there because of the air conditioning, but it's, uh, it's an interesting idea. Do you, do you know what it's all about? I, I've only what I've read. I haven't had a chance to be there yet. And from what I've read, it sounds like one big Microsoft house. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I did a show with Brian Summer where we did a, a, a live trip. We walked down Main Street through Tomorrowland and we went into the dream home. And we did realize that it was uh, sponsored heavily by Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, funny enough, and, you know, this not just because I'm a Mac user, but nothing was working the day we went. <laughs> that doesn't surprise. And, you know, before we continue on that, I, I just had kind of a brain crosswire there because I'm thinking, oh, Intervention's Dream Home. I'm thinking Epcot. And when you said, oh, we walked down Main Street into, into Tomorrowland, I'm like, wait, what? And then I remembered uh-huh. that Interventions is in Disneyland Park. Yes, absolutely. Um. So were you uh, in the Interventions Dream Home? Were you talking about one in Florida? No, no. I'm just, my brain is getting confused. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, that's natural. Whenever anybody talks to me, I tend to (laughs) confuse them. (laughs) You have that effect on people. But anyway, so... uh, I do. uh, The the home is self-contained within Interventions, right? It's not, it doesn't take up all of Interventions though, right? It is the entire uh, first floor. Oh, uh, okay. 
Yeah, if if you think about and you know, for those who have never been to Disneyland, think about the um the Carousel of Progress building in uh, Tomorrowland at uh, at the Magic Kingdom. And the bottom half where the attraction is, that is where the dream home is. So that that part that spins on the outside is uh, is just basically welcome area and then you walk into the center and you'd be surprised it doesn't look like it. But there's a lot of room in the center of that donut, if you will. Mm. And if you take all the walls out of there, that's a pretty big space. And, uh, and they built this dream home in the, in the center. And it has many rooms. It's got the daughter's room and the, you know, the living room and, and the kid's playroom and dad's office, you know, where every inch of the wall is covered by those LCD digital picture frames. Mm-hmm. I mean, their electric bill must be four or five thousand <laughs> bucks a month. So now I remember going on interventions out there, and I was thoroughly confused when I got in there. I, you know, you wait to go in because the whole thing's got to rotate, and you got to wait for it to stop. And then you go inside, and when I was there, there was this weird little introduction scene that they kind of start to talk to you, but then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I can just turn around and walk away at any moment. Is it still like that? Yep. Matter of fact, Tom Morrow, the uh, the Nathan Lane character, mm-hmm. uh, the ro- that robot, is still there, and he's still welcoming you to to interventions, just like he was before. But now, instead of turning around 180 degrees and then seeing another presentation, and then walking into the center, once Nathan Lane's character is done, then they walk you forward a little bit, and they take you to quote unquote the front door of the house. Ah, okay. And then you enter the house. So after you've, after you've walked all the way through the house, is that when you have a chance to then go upstairs for the rest of the stuff? Exactly. Oh, okay. So it's more of, more of a linear path now. Yeah. It, I mean, still kind of confusing. You know, we were kind of walking around at one point, Brian and I were going, so have we been this way yet? Mm-hmm. I, you know, but overall it was good. You know, I mean, it was interesting. It's a, it's a one-time thing. Sure. I, you know, I won't be going back again. And, and, and I think that that is what, What's missing from attractions nowadays is the need repeatability and things like this dream home. There's really only one. I mean, if I go in there again, it's going to go to see Osimo, which I've never seen. Oh, okay. Um, You know, but I'm I'm not going to go in and look around again Mm -hmm. because I've seen it. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, that was the whole thing about interventions out at Epcot was that it is almost constantly changing. If you come on a vacation here. And then you come back a year later, there's going to be at least one or two brand new exhibits that you can, you can enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's one of the things that was good about that, but they just don't change things up out here at all. And when they do, they completely level the whole ground floor and have something brand new that'll probably, you know, be there for at least five years. Right. So that's, you know, I don't know, not, not my favorite edition of 2008, to be honest. Well, uh, you know, while interventions may stay uh, static, there's something else out at Disneyland that was uh, has been gone for quite a while now. Just recently reopened. Have you had a chance to see the new Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough? Uh-huh. This is how my life goes. I I get up in the morning. I I walk out to Disneyland. I go into a private odd, uh, room with Tony Baxter, Imagineers, all of the PR people from Disneyland, and. They talk about this attraction reopening. 
They show us all of the stuff from the DVD before it's released. They give us all of this stuff and then they don't take us in there because it's not done yet. <laughs> That's so not no, fun. To answer your question, no, I have not seen it yet. And it's it's killing me because I've, I've wanted that thing to open for a long time. Sleeping Beauty Castle walkthrough was, it was one of those things that, again, it never changed, just like Interventions, but it was fun. You got to walk up in the castle. Mm-hmm. You were going through, you know, up the stairs and through all of the caverns and stuff and looking at these, you know, little scenes. Very simple, but at the same time, totally different because that had total repeatability. Sure. I, I never um, saw the walkthrough. I, the first time I went to Disneyland was after it had closed, uh, about a year after it closed, I believe, because uh, I guess it closed right after September 11th happened. Correct. Um, and, and so uh, yeah, about a year later was the first time I ever made it out there. So I never saw it and I haven't, I've, you know, purposely avoided looking at anything of the new stuff so I could kind of get a surprise, you know, out of, out of what it is all about. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of interesting. I was going to ask you if you had seen the Sleeping Beauty Castle Blu-ray DVD. Um, they have, uh, the, the walkthrough that they did. I, I think Steve Wesson and I started a trend because when we did the Ad- Adventure Through Inner Space recreation DVD a number of years ago, <laughs> right, right. We recreated an attraction out of nothing and gave people a, a virtual walkthrough. Well, since then, it's like Tony Baxter. Every time he does an attraction, he has somebody created <laughs> in the computer. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Every I w- time I see him, I give him a hard time about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're right. They did the Little Mermaid. Now they have this. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. That, that's great. I hope the trend continues. Yeah. Well, I guess there's yeah. the there's the Haunted Mansion holiday thing on the n- recent Nightmare uh, Before Christmas Blu-ray as well. Right. Yeah. And and so that I was going to ask you if you had seen that on on the Sleeping Beauty Castle uh, or Sleeping Beauty DVD right, Blu-ray. No, yeah. No, I'm I'm avoiding it on purpose until I have a chance to get out there and see it in person. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Corey Burton narrates it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good thing. Uh, you know, I don't. Th- there's no narration in in the actual castle because it's got to go. You know, there's 50 different people in every room at any given moment, so you can't have a narration. But in order to save time for the the Blu-ray, they had Corey Burton read what you would read when you walk up to the books. Ah, uh, okay. So as you're walking through the attraction, you're hearing him saying, once upon a time, it was, and, you know, that sort of thing. But as you're walking through, you can read the books, so there's no narration. So it's just spooky music and stuff. I'm, I'm just really looking forward to it. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully I'll, I'll get to see it sometime in the near future, and then we can talk about it next year (laughs) yep and and once again as i said about this other thing i i have that conversation um from that uh that day in the lincoln theater right and i just i just need to uh to see if i can release it and then and then i can share it with everybody else so keep your fingers crossed i will do just that and you know one thing that uh disney has made it very clear that they want to make known their plans for is the upcoming uh, changes that have been announced for california adventure and they've made those plans very very visible over there in in the new blue sky cellar that opened up yeah isn't that like 180 degrees from normal normally it's like you know kind of like apple where they're like no we're not doing anything until now look we've got you know it's like up until the last moment they don't tell you what's going on yeah yeah i and, I, I think it's fantastic the, that they've opened that yeah and this blue sky cellar they're they're literally saying come on in and look at what we're gonna do Here, here's the thing and, it seems like to me that the, the, the secrecy has evolved over the years around disney because they're afraid of 
uh, you know, there's so many theme park companies out there now, and they, you know, they don't want to kind of show their cards and, and, you know, have something like, you know, the battle between MGM and Universal Studios trying to open up, you know, who gets there first kind of thing. They don't want that to ever happen again. Uh, at least that's the mentality that I've gotten over the last few years. But if you think back, you know, before all of that, Walt Disney used to come on, you know, the TV Disneyland After Dark kind of whatever his late night programs and say, you know, hey, look at this attraction we're working on. Look at this. Here's a model. Here's concept art. And I, you know, I'm happy to see they're kind of returning back to that. Yeah, it's it. Well, I think Walt, when he started, I mean, he didn't have to worry about that. There right. was nobody else to, to, to compete with him. Right. And now there's a lot of people with a lot of money that that can turn around an attraction really quickly. Right, but the thing but, is, the thing is that I think they've been around for so long that they finally realize, hey, guess what? Even if we tell these other companies what our plans are, they're still not going to do it as good as Disney does. Right, right. And and they're still kind of they're doing things half and half because with Toy Story Midway Mania, they were very secretive mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. But with these other things that they're doing, you know, so they're kind of pick and choosing. You know, it's kind of a PR thing also with California Adventure because there have been so many years of this thing, this park being open with so many negative things being said about it to really embed it into people's heads that as they're visiting the Disneyland Resort now, they're able to walk through this and say, oh, man, I'm going to have to come back when all this is done. Yeah. And usually park uh, stuff gets around by word of mouth. It's been getting around with California Adventure by by the word of mouth was a yawn, <laughs> right? And so I, I think they're putting it out there so that people know, you know, we're we're trying to fix it. Hang on, we'll be right back with you. You know, come I, come back right after this commercial break. Yeah, I'm not sure there's a single change that they've announced to California Adventure that I am n- not looking forward to and not in agreement with. Yeah, pretty much everything looks at that. That uh, Little Mermaid attraction, I'm just so looking forward to that. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see the the nighttime water show. I can't wait to, you know, ride the Radiator Springs thing over in the new Cars Land and just everything, you know, the new entranceway. And it's just going to be, you know, possibly a, a really nice park when they're done. Yeah, when I when I go out there, they're going to they're have the thing that's kind of like the flying saucers, but it's going to be tires. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, being 300 plus pounds... <laughs> Can you see the comedy here? <laughs> yes, um, yes, I can. Yeah, gonna have to have somebody videotaping me when I go to ride that attraction for the first time so that they can have video of me sitting in the middle of this attraction not being able to move. I think there's a joke in there about a spare tire somewhere. I think so. <laughs> Good idea. I think I'll use that. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, everything is going to be good. Is are Are they... I'm I'm not up on this uh, because of things that have been happening recently, but are they still looking to do a test track kind of thing back there? Yeah, as far as, car- I, as far as I know, no chan- uh, play- plans have changed from what they've announced. Everything seems to be, you know, on the go. And yeah, I'm, it's going to be kind of an outdoor test tracky, but longer and, you know, not so boring attraction. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, once or twice on test track after that, you're like, okay, let's get outside. Yeah. But, um, but I think, yeah, they're going to put most of, of this attraction outside, which ought to be fun because California, obviously we've got great weather. Um, but there are times when it's rainy. 
Yeah, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, when when the weather is not so good. Um, you know, you're you're going supposed supposed to be going through this long stretch of desert area, and if it's raining, that kind of takes away from that. Plus, water in your face at 65 miles an hour is not good. No, that is never a pleasant experience. I rode the uh, Incredible Hulk coaster out at Islands Adventure out here once, and, and for whatever reason, they decided to leave it open in the rain when normally they shut it down, and they made an announcement saying, you know, we're going to let you ride, but it's probably going to be painful. And uh, <laughs> it, it essentially felt like needles hitting my face. It was not fun at all. Awesome. I, I have not been able to ride that. Um, I'm I'm hoping to. I'm still continuing my weight loss. Um, but uh, uh, Calvin loves that that Hulk coaster. So great coaster, not great in the rain. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, unfortunately, they're not putting one of those in at DCA. But um, I thought I'm, it was, uh, you know, they, I said there wasn't a single thing that I disagreed with with the California Adventure uh, makeover. And I just thought of one that I'm kind of disappointed about it is the fact that they're removing the Mickey head, Mickey ears from the loop from California Screaming. Are they removing that? From what I understand, because there's going to be this giant retro Mickey head on the, the sun wheel, whatever they're going to call it now, I, I think they don't want to double up with huge Mickey heads. Hmm. I hadn't heard. I knew, I knew they were going to add the uh, the classic Mickey cartoon right, right. head. Yeah, I but, believe. Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure there's a model in that blue sky cellar and uh, of the whole Paradise Pier area and I'm missing from the California Screaming is the is the ears. I'm going to I'm going to be there in about 4 weeks uh, with my HD camera so I will uh, I will cover that and uh, and we'll take a look at it and see I d- I did not know that. Yeah, I, I I personally would rather see it stay there. I think it makes for a really great, you know, moment there on that coaster. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Of course, you know, when I'm heading down that thing and spinning around, I could care less about that Mickey. <laughs> well, it's, head. it's right. It's more for people who are standing on the ground and watching. Yeah, pretty much. But uh but yeah, so I, I think uh, I think everything's going to be good. I'm looking forward to the nighttime show. It ought to be fun to to try and videotape that for the people that can't make it down, you know, immediately. Mm-hmm. But uh, it'll be Fantasmic too, hopefully. Hopefully better. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. I mean, I've I've got good good feelings. And about they've it. said that uh, in the Blue Sky Cellar, they're going to continue continue to update it as you know things progress in California Adventure. Do you really see them ever going in there and adding new models or artwork, or do you think it's as you know from somebody who's been there, it's just what it is and it's going to remain that way until they shut it down? Yeah, I I I would hope that they add things. I hope they don't take things away. You know, but. I I could see them going in and and adding new stuff occasionally because it's just it's just pictures and and things like that and models and so if they get to a point where they feel good about releasing something else they can change it out in there shouldn't be a problem. Good. Well, I I hope they do. I think it, and I hope it's something that they continue with in the future in some form. I I'd really like to see that kind of it's almost a way to <laughs> to kind of quash all this, you know, internet rumor stuff. You know, just say, hey, this is what we're doing. Anything else you read, it ain't true. Yeah, and so you're thinking that it's to counter mice cast, or mice, uh, mice age. You know, not just, obviously not just necessarily them, but just in general. <laughs> hey, I'm Paul Barry. I can pick on Al Lutz. He and I are friends. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, it could be, you know, that, that way, you know, we know what's going to happen and we have something to look forward to. Yep. And it'll make people want to come back. Yeah, I, I'm I'm ready to hop on over to California Adventure or whatever it may be called once the uh, 
refurbishment and uh, renovations are completely done. Well, if you saw that video that I sent out the other day in my window to the magic announcement, they're just actually going to call it Paul Barry's Park. Right. That's that's absolutely right. That uh, yeah, that was that was a pretty uh, amazing feat you got them to to do there. Yes. So that's you know I, I'm going to let them leave Disneyland. You know, just because I'm that way. <laughs> it's not Barry Land. No, no, it's not Barry Land. No, but uh, you know, it. Uh, I I I think. We, we can call it Paul Barry's Park. So that, that'll be good. That's, that's for your show. That's an announcement, too. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank Just you. Exclusive. Exclusive. You bet. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. People are anyway. scratching their heads right now going, why are we listening to this? That's a good question. I don't know why we're doing it. but uh... <laughs> So now for something completely different. I won't even try to segue this. Uh, this year, uh, following up on last year's uh, Disney Dream Job contest, which we talked about uh, quite a bit after I was involved in it, uh, in 2008, they chose they went a different direction with the career builder and were looking for just a single individual to be kind of a festive fun representative to attend events and meet with the people and that person would be the chief magic official we're not bitter um <laughs> yes <laughs> the chief magic official i um uh, i thought that was pretty cool i i never thought about entering it really? uh, just because i yeah I, I never thought about entering it because i i knew that i was not the look that mm-hmm. Disney was going for. Yeah, I, well, it was pretty clear once they narrowed it down to the top three what that look was. I mean, they were, you know, as much as I hate to say it, they were looking for, you know, a white guy in his, you know, average 30s or so who was very clean cut and, uh, you know, was ready to be very jolly all the time and very Disney. Right. And, and you know, Patrick, love him to death, he tried like anybody's business to get through and he did really good he did he fantastic i loved his video oh yeah i mean well the guy is creative he ticks me Absolutely. off all the time <laughs> you know he just i don't know but he he really really gave it a shot and i know there were a lot of people out there that gave it a shot mm-hmm. a- and you know they ended up picking you know the the one guy and that's fine that's what they wanted um what i found most interesting about it was just like you when you were doing uh, your deal there, you made friendships mm-hmm. and you have been maintaining those friendships. Funny enough, with Patrick's show, his video show that he does now, he has included some of the CMO uh, runner-ups. I mm-hmm. guess I was going to call them losers, but <laughs> um, the, the, the CMO runners-up uh-huh. with him. And and they're helping him on the videos because they're all very creative people. Yeah, it was a great bunch. When they narrowed it down to the last, uh, I don't remember, 10 or 20 or whatever the last round was, it was a, a whole bunch of really awesome people that had that enthusiasm. And, you know, while they may not have had that Disney look necessarily, uh, they're certainly people that should not vanish from the world of, you know, Disney fandom. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so that's that's kind of what we got out of it. You know, obviously, uh, and and I don't know the guy's name that won. Do you, Justin? Justin. Okay. Um. You know, Justin won. That's great. Have you seen a single thing that he's done? I have personally, because uh, I've been to you know events going on around here. I've run into him a number of times at at the events and had a chance to talk to him. But you're right. In the general public, not so much. Okay. Because I was wondering, you know, you and I talked about doing this, you know, several weeks ago, and so I've been kind of mulling this stuff over in my head. And I thought about the CMO thing at one point, and I thought, you know, I have not 
gotten a single piece of PR or anything from Disney. Sure, yeah. That that has had Justin involved in it. It's funny because he, I mean, he was at the Toy Story Midway Mania opening here. Then he went out to the one out in California or vice versa. I can't remember which one opened first, but uh, you know, he was at both of those when Michael Phelps was here at the Magic Kingdom. He was there and he, he gave Michael Phelps the key to the Magic Kingdom and that was a big photo op. And then I didn't, you know, I never really saw any continuation off of any of that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. I, I was kind of hoping that, that the CMO position was going to be this really cool you know, thing, even though, you know, Patrick didn't win it. I, I wanted Justin to, to be able to have this really neat thing. He, he has and, done a lot of really great things too. And, and yeah, I don't understand why it hasn't been a little bit more public. He's, you know, been with the, the dream squad and given out, you know, year of a million dreams prizes. I know he's done some, I, I can't remember the specifics, but he's done some work with, with children. I can't remember if it was charity or if it was just some fun little activity, but I definitely remember seeing that. And yeah, I mean, he's been all over the place. They have him babysitting. <laughs> yeah. Could have been. Who knows? Yeah. In that babysitting place over at the Polynesian. Right, area. yeah, exactly. All right, we got to send the CMO or shorthanded. That's right, exactly, yeah. Work with kids, will you? Ha, ha, ha. But, you um, know, it makes me wonder if they're going to run a third career builder contest next year. I have not heard any rumblings whatsoever. Yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting. They tried it the first year, it was a billion people. Then they tried it the second year, and it was one person. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Is it? You haven't heard anything? I haven't heard anything? I don't know. You know, this may be one of those things that just all of a sudden they'll come out and it'll be a fully thought out thing. Well, Justin is going to retain his CMO position until April, I believe, because that's when he won it for one full year. So if we're going to hear anything, it won't be till after that, I'm sure. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people that had a good time working on that. You know, a lot of the people that are on my forums, my listeners and things like that were entry, uh, entering that, trying mm-hmm. to, to make the CMO thing. And, uh, and so it's fun, but, uh, but I don't know if it's really paying off for them or not. Yeah. I think you know? it was supposed to be, uh, you know, look how great it is to work for Disney kind of thing. And without that extra PR push on everything that he's doing, it, they don't really are able to play up that angle. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I I would have loved to have done it. I'm you know I'm glad for Justin for for winning it. I wish Patrick had won it, but you know, it it is what it is. It was fun, and uh, and we'll see if they repeat it next year. Yep, I'll let you uh, seg into our next topic. Oh, how to tie that one into? Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna say it. We got Hong Kong Disneyland, and it's it they they worked in the the Disney characters now. I obviously neither of us have been to Hong Kong Disneyland, but I saw some initial video mm-hmm. before so it I. opened. Yeah. So did I. Um, that looked interesting, kind of Mary Blairish, but still the Disney characters. Have you seen anything since? Uh, no, it was just the very, very early stuff that you know when the whole the fuss was flying around the internet about the fact that they were adding these uh, Disney characters into the you know classic it's a small world type world and beyond that I haven't really heard much of anything and I suppose that's probably because it hasn't happened in Disneyland yet yeah it's it's kind of interesting because I they were saying that they were going to put the Disney characters and work them you know weave them if you will into the classic scenes of It's a Small World. Mm-hmm. And which, you know, in itself, not a bad idea. 
if if pulled off correctly. And and what I saw of the video from Hong Kong looked okay, but I I can never really decide on these things until I've actually seen it. And since I haven't seen anything since it came out, I I I'm guessing that maybe it's it's one of two things. It's either that it's not all that big a deal, and so we're not hearing about it. Or it's the fact that none of us podcasters are in Hong Kong. Yeah, well, I, I'm thinking it's there's going to be a handful of people who really are just totally against it. And when it, you know, I, I guess it's supposed to happen at Disneyland when uh, the holiday overlay is complete very soon. I guess it'll reopen in January and supposedly have these characters, and there'll probably be a little bit of a fuss again when it happens. But me personally, I I don't mind. Yeah, I'm 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 completely holding off. Until they do it, I will write it, and then I'll make my decision. I don't, in in theory, I don't have a problem with it, as long as it's not really apparent what they're doing. If there's anything that Disney's been doing right lately, it's going back to classic attractions and doing things to them. They did a great job with the Pirates. They did a great job with the Haunted Mansion out here. I, you know, I, I have faith in them not screwing it up, basically. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've and they've been treating some classic attractions with uh with some care recently, something I don't think that's on our list for this year. Um, the Country Bears mm-hmm. just uh just recently opened up from a long refurbishment and they didn't they didn't change anything in it, but right. they they replaced all the speakers, they replaced all the fur, they went in the oil, they you know, everything is good. So it seems that they're kind of caring about the classic attractions. So with with It's a Small World, I especially after what they just did out here at Disneyland with taking the thing down for a whole year, I mean, I can't think that they would go for an entire year refurbing something and not spend the time and, and care about it enough to do it right. Yeah, so, you know, we'll just have to wait a few weeks and see if the, the commotion dies down and if everybody rides it and just kind of goes, huh, that's not so bad. Yeah, see, and and, and if I just know I'm going to be down at Disneyland in January and it's going to be closed. <laughs> You'll miss it by a day. Yep, you bet. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be down there in the middle of the month and I'll guarantee you the day after I leave, it's going to open up. That's just the way it works. It. Aye, aye, aye. But it just makes you want to take another trip. Yeah, yeah, which, you know, that'll be I'm I'm pretty low on my trips this year. So after um after this January trip, it's not going to be until the Friends of the Magic in in July. So so, so did it, you have a chance this past summer to see all the Indiana Jones stuff they they put in Disneyland? Nope. Believe it or not, um uh, the Indiana Jones stuff came through, came into Disneyland and with as many times as I was in that park, I was never in there. When they, it was so short-lived, yeah. I, I, I've I've never seen anything that came come, came in, lived its life, and left in between my visits. <laughs> it, it was it was much shorter than I thought it would be, and I have a feeling that was because the movie was not as successful as you know everybody probably thought it could or should have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I got audio. You know, Magic Joe, uh, one of my team went down and recorded audio of it and and that sort of thing and it sounded interesting. Yeah, I remember listening to it on your show of the little uh, the Aladdin's Oasis show that they did in there and it wasn't exactly what I had in mind when I thought of they're going to put an Indiana Jones little mini stage show in Adventureland. I figured 
we're going to watch Indiana Jones do something really cool for like 15, 20 minutes. But instead it was like these other characters. And oh, by the way, we'll throw in Indiana Jones right quick at the end. Right. Yeah. And that's that's actually been the problem with the uh, with the Aladdin's Oasis area is since they built it to to have the Aladdin show in there, mm-hmm. the the Aladdin dinner theater. And ever since then, every show that's gone in has been eh. Yeah. And and the Indiana Jones thing it followed suit. It was it was something they slapped in that area. They had an Indiana Jones walk around, they you know, stuff like that. But it it was in and out. I mean it was it was so quick. It was rocket rods quick. <laughs> well, you know, I, I enjoyed Indiana Jones in the the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the new movie. I know a lot of people just thought it was the worst thing in the world. I thought, you know, 95% of it was great and with, you know, a few really corny scenes aside, uh, I thought I enjoyed it thoroughly and I, I, you know, I'm still a big Indiana Jones fan and I was really disappointed that I wasn't going to be able to come out and see all of that new, you know, random acts of Disney, uh, of indie, uh, you know, going around Adventureland, him swinging in and battling someone. But after I heard about what it really truly was beyond all the PR kind of fluff, it sounded like I really didn't miss out on much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it wasn't much. And, you know, I, I think the only thing that would have been more interesting is if they had made him a security officer so that he could walk around and, you know, look for shoplifters. <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah. He'd crack his whip and pull some uh, merchandise out of somebody's hand as they're leaving, leaving a store. That's right. See, that, that would have been fun. But no. So that uh, I, I think. I don't know. I think it's it's length of stay was was kind of a clue as to how good it was. Sure. Well, uh, I have something in mind um, that I wish would leave as quickly as Indiana Jones did out there, and that would be the uh, newly arrived block party bash out here. Oh, come on. Really? <laughs> I know we talked about this last year, and you had said you like it for exactly the same reasons why I don't like it. Oh, man. Then you, you are probably not going to like the Pixar Play Parade either. Then have I, you, you know, seen? I, I haven't. Have you seen that? I, I, yeah, a little bit. I I, I liked the uh, the artwork uh, um, of it. I thought it looked really nice, and I'm a big fan of Ratatouille. And it was great to see Ratatouille finally getting some recognition in the parks. But from what I understand, it's you know a similar event with lots more water. Oh God, yeah. It's uh, well, the block party bash was was basically. Just keep jumping up and down and go along the parade uh, parade route. Right. Stop and we'll do a bit and then we'll move on. Mm-hmm. The the uh, the Pixar Play Parade continues moving. It never stops, and that's that's the first plus. Yeah, well, that's um, definitely a plus. That's one of the reasons I don't like Block Party Bash, and one of the reasons I don't like the uh, daytime parade parade out here at the Magic Kingdom. I, I parades need to need to parade. You know, if right. they stop, it's not a parade. Right, yeah, it becomes, as Paul Pressler put it, a street-tacular. That's not a very good word. I don't like that word. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I loved Block Party Bash, and I, I actually, you know, if, if I'm hanging out at uh, Hollywood Studios, and you can hear me stuttering over that, um, <laughs> if I'm hanging out at Hollywood Studios, and I'm, you know, I'm just walking along, if I see Block Party Bash, I'm going to stop and watch it, because it's fun. You know, I love the I love the soundtrack. I actually listen to the soundtrack on on my iPod. The only time I've ever stopped and watched the Block Party Bash since it's been out here was when they kind of brought out an abridged version of it prior to the uh, Toy Story Midway Mania opening there, and I was essentially forced to watch it. Ah, gotcha. Okay, 
Yeah, the Pixar Play Parade is is um, well, Ratatouille's got his own float, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, and it's for some reason they thought it would be a good idea to send a parade down the parade route that has oh I don't know a thousand odd water sprayers. <laughs> And I'm not kidding. It's it's a great way to clean the streets. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This, uh, TJ, my my video guy and I, went to videotape this because uh, coming out uh, December 25th, uh, I've got the new Window to the Magic HD video cast that's coming out. And the very first video that we're putting out is a 720p version of the Pixar Play Parade. And by the time we run this, it's already going to have run. So it's not like it's any new news. Right. But, but it's, we stood in the front row of this thing shooting this. I had my hat over the camera (laughs) because we were so drenched by the end of this thing. I mean, direct hits on the camera with like streams of water. Nice. It can't be good for people who, you know, I mean, luckily our equipment lived through it. Right, right. But, I mean, on a hot day, if you're not videotaping and you've got your camera put in the bag and whatever, it's probably a great thing. But if you've got, if you're a tourist standing there with your $1,000 still camera, mm-hmm. you're taking pictures, you're, it's, it's dangerous. Have you, um, have you seen it recently? Um, I saw it... A couple of months ago. Okay. I, I, I've heard that the water levels are less than when it very first premiered. Well, I would certainly hope so, because they would they would have to go and crack everyone off the street with as cold as it's been recently. Yeah, that's true. You know, all of our guests are now frozen to the parade right. path. Well, other than the weather, I just mean, I, I think that I, I heard that they toned it back pretty quickly after it after it opened, so. Oh, well, I boy... I sure hope that when I saw it, it wasn't after they, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did, were the streets flooded behind the parade? Well, it's not flooded, but I mean, it's, it's way more water than I would have thought would have been yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Looks like, but, look, it, looks like a small drizzle came down <laughs> while it was going on. It, the, the very last scene of the video I'm, uh, that, that is out on the HD feed is a shot into the sun with the parade pulling away and you get an idea as to just how much water is being sprayed out of those things. I mean, it, it looks like they're watering the lawn. Mm-hmm. You know, it's moving beyond the water, though. Very cool parade. It, you know, it, it, it's all of the Pixar movies, and they've got all of the cool characters, and Lightning McQueen is out there heading it up, and they've got all the Monsters, Inc. characters, and it's... It's it's a pretty parade, which is one of the reasons why I decided to feature it as the first HD video cast. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll I'll definitely check it out. I don't, I, you know, next time I'm I'm out there, I'll. So I wasn't really planning on going back to California Adventure much between now and the time that they finish the uh, the refurbishment, but I'll probably head over there just to just to see the parade and then head on out. Well, we'll probably do something over there at Friends of the Magic. Hint, hint. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. I think it's worth going over to see. I really do. So if, if, if you were, th- were thinking about coming out, you know, not necessarily just you, Ricky, but the, the listener at large, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, if they're trying to decide whether they want to see it or not, yeah, you want to see it. 
just be prepared. Don't have your cameras out. Enjoy it with your eyes, not with your cameras. And, Some and good you'll advice. be good. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, just too much water, which, you know, the, the next topic here would tie into water. Go ahead, tie that one into water. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned, I, I believe uh, when we were talking about the chief magic official um, fairly recently, a couple of months ago after the uh, Olympics wrapped up, uh, Olympic swimmer and uh, most gold medalist ever, Michael Phelps, uh, showed up at the Magic Kingdom for a visit, which I thought was very cool. Yeah, I, I, I heard that. I saw some of it. Um, actually you did video on it, didn't you? I did. Absolutely. I, uh, I, you know, he came down the, uh, the main street on the, the car with Mickey and streamers and confetti and people lining the streets, all applauding. And it was a pretty major event. And then I even had a chance to talk to him real briefly afterwards, which was, which was really fantastic. Cause I watched the Olympics like crazy. I watched all of his swims and it was really exciting. So it, it was a real treat to be able to, you know, speak to him, even if it was only for a minute. Yeah, what was really cool about the Olympics this time was the the, the HD aspect oh, yeah. of it. Yeah, um, it was it was great. It was visually beautiful. I don't have HD at my house, but I I spent some time with Terry at her house, and she has HD. And we would lay there at night and two or three in the morning and watch the live feeds right, and yeah. watch him swim. And it's just well, it's stunning how quick he can move. It's it, it's it, unbelievable. Did you uh, did you catch the uh, opening ceremony in HD by any chance? No, I, I only saw that in standard definition. So yeah, that, I mean that has nothing to do with Michael Phelps, but that that was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I'm you know I'm one of those people. I'm I'm you know the, I got the HD video cast, but I can't see it myself. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's but the the whole Michael Phelps thing. I mean, to have him come out, come down Main Street, and to to have the confetti. You know how they th- they threw the the paper contract sponsorships and just twenties and fifties at him. <laughs> that way, it was you know it was really neat to to look at in what, the video footage, and it would have been fun to be there. What was uh, what was cool about that whole uh, thing? I I thought was you know he went he left Beijing um, and I I think went to London and to Portugal, and then his next pub his first public stop in the United States was there at the Magic Kingdom. That is cool. So, you know, he had been away for months away from his uh, his house. And, you know, he, I'm sure he's still on the road doing a million things. But uh, to, to be able to, you know, see him and have such a public appearance and, and, you know, what better place is it than to be able to to go down Main Street? Yeah. I mean, I invited him to come over here and hang out and we were going to have pizza and stuff. <laughs> right. Of course. He, yeah. He chose Walt Disney World. And I don't fault him for that. I really don't. Um, but. You know, and did they announce that he was going to be in there? I think they did, right? It, yeah, it was a it was a real quick thing. I know they had put it up on uh, on Twitter a couple days in advance, saying that he would be there. And I it, I'm not sure if there was a a press release in advance, but word definitely made its way around. Yeah, I was just wondering, you know, because th- that would have been a cool thing for somebody who was going to Walt Disney World to see, you know, to to kind of get a chance to see that. That's that's big American pride there. That's, oh, absolutely. You know, there there were I saw a, a pair of girls who were there with with homemade Phelps Phelps fan t-shirts on and they were screaming and hollering and it looked like it was the the you know the highlight of their lives to be able to see him there. So that it was a real wonderful. You know, the crowd that was there when he was doing the press interviews after he came down Main Street, uh just off off to the side, the crowd that was just standing there essentially staring at the back of his head for like 20 minutes was huge. It was like you know, 50 or 75 people just standing there taking a million pictures. Huh. 
Interesting. Yeah, I would have liked to have been there. Those those are fun things that happen out of Walt Disney World. I I wish I was closer. It's it's nice to be able to do, to just run down the the street whenever I hear of anything uh any you know anything going on like that and just kind of check it out. Yeah, that's true. Now, now one of the things that I I was wondering about earlier when we were talking about things that you have or haven't done at Walt Disney World and you you just kind of tied into it when you said running down the street. Have you ever done the the indie car thing at 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 the speedway there at Walt Disney World? I uh, I recently had the opportunity to do that. It was um it's one of those things that has uh, like many of these other things has always been on the list, but unlike let's say eating at Raglan Road which might run you, you know, 20, 30, 40 bucks for a night, you go over to the Walt Disney World Speedway and your minimum cost is like $300. So that's kind of what's always stopped me from enjoying that a- attraction, but Recently, uh, you know, they've always had the Richard Petty driving experience there, which was stock car, you know, NASCAR type uh, racing around the track. Well, now they've also opened up IndyCar, Formula One type uh, racing as well. So they invited us out um, to cover it for Orlando Attractions magazine. And boy, was that fun. Okay, so uh, clear me up on this. So they used to have like NASCAR out there? Well, it's not um, it's not NASCAR, the organization, but it is that type of vehicle that's been there for many years now. That was part of the Richard Petty driving experience. Okay, um, so and now they now they've got the in the the really open wheel cars there now. Yes, the ones that are very low to the ground. The one that uh, you know Denica Patrick drives. Um, that's uh, yeah. That well, they they both coexist there now. Oh, that, and and do you have the ability to ride in those cars? Yeah, I, I mean, the experience for, for both is very similar. You have the option, depending on how many hundreds of dollars you decide you want to pay, to either ride along for two or three laps um, at speeds of up to 130, 140 miles an hour, or if you want to pay much, much, much more, and you know how to drive stick shift and you're willing to sign your life away, you can take about eight to ten laps around on your own driving the thing. Wow. That's got to be expensive. It is. I, it's uh, depending on how many laps you want to do. You could you're well into the thousands uh, if you want to really go all out all out. But uh, I think the ride along is just a, a fantastic way to really get the thrill of it. It's certainly different than any other theme park attraction I've ever been on. Yeah, I was going to say, I, d- I don't think there would be any other theme park in the world that has an indie car or even stock car ride along as an option. What's really cool about it is is the fact, you know, you go to a theme park, you're in whatever outfit you showed up to the park in, shorts, jeans, whatever, and you ride the rides. But when you go to these experiences, they're there to give you the whole-on experience. So they give you the the fire suit, the, the shoes, the helmet, the gloves, everything. You are, you know, as if you're really doing it. And I'm sure some of that is for safety. You know, that's why they have those suits. But it's also, you know, part of looking the part. That's interesting. I, I'm pretty sure that they couldn't accommodate someone my size. I'm sure there's there's uh, rules in regards to who can go. But uh, well, yeah, be, I, beyond ru- rules, I personally wouldn't even recommend it uh, for anybody. Gosh, even you know, larger than me. Not that I'm the tiniest person in the world, but um, it it was pretty claustrophobic in there, especially the Indy car. Really. Yeah, I mean, you, you you get in that thing, and I mean, you, you know, when you see them going around on the track on TV, or if you go in person, all you see is their head, 
Right. And, and, and I mean, you are locked into this one position. You cannot move. And even your head is essentially permanently facing forward. So if you want to look left and right, you just got to use your eyes. You can't really move your head. Ooh, that sounds like fun. And you feel every little tiny vibration as you're going along in the indie car. It's a, a very bizarre experience, but I had a, a blast on both of them. I was going to say you um, you mentioned the speeds, and and I wasn't all that impressed with the uh, with the speeds. You know, 120, 130 miles an hour. I've I've been personally, um, you know, at, at up to 150 miles an hour in in a a Camaro at one point, um, but. I would think in those little vehicles, as close to the ground as you are, it's probably going to feel a lot faster. Right. So here's the difference between just being in just a regular car and, you know, hitting the Autobahn or something. It's for the Indy car. Yeah, you're like your your butt is probably three inches off the ground, uh, which is crazy to see the world from that perspective as you're going around these bank turns at that kind of speed. But hmm. uh, what's really crazy is during the, the Richard Petty experience in the in the stock car. It's, uh, you know, that's kind of a more normal looking car. So just going around by yourself is not that exciting. But the fact that you go out in a pair and you're going that speed, maybe within 10 inches of another car and you're going one in front of the other and then back and forth and back and forth like a real racing experience. That's when it gets crazy. Yeah. See, and this is one of the one of the only attractions at Walt Disney World where you could truly die. Uh, yeah, very, very much so. If, if that driver is not paying attention, it could end in major disaster, but, uh, the drivers there are very, very experienced. You know, the IndyCar driver that took us around has raced in the Indy 500. So, I mean, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah, but they're giving you the steering wheel if you're willing to oh, pay oh, for it. Oh, right. Yes. In that case, uh, that, yeah, that's a whole other ball game. Yeah, I mean you're you're literally being given a you know strapping a rocket to your butt. <laughs> yeah, I, I asked them you know are there restrictions you know if you're going to do it on your own uh, you know aside from the fact that you sign a million waivers you know do you have a speed limiter or this and that and they say they said it's just completely up to the driver and whatever you feel comfortable with they said they've had people come in drive those cars and get up to. 30, 40 miles an hour and think they're going 100 miles an hour just because <laughs> of the experience and the, you know, the adrenaline rush they're getting. And, uh, you know, they come back, oh, man, how fast was I going? And they just kind of say, yeah, you were going pretty fast. But, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, if you do feel comfortable enough with it, you can get it all the way up there to 130 miles an hour. And, yeah, pretty dangerous at that point. Wow. That's that's pretty awesome. I that that is probably something that I would do if I was a smaller guy. Obviously not something I can do at my size, but you know, it's, it's also the cost factor, you know, going all the way out to Walt Disney World and and spending all of that money and then having to do 3 or 400 dollars on top of it. Yeah, for for anybody who's a big racing fan, this is absolutely the ultimate thing you can possibly do. Anybody else, it's you know, something you might consider, but it's not a must do. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Huh. But, but to... um, speaking of uh, of danger, uh, something that had opened up at uh, Interventions recently is really there to prevent you from encountering any sort of danger when it comes to uh, tropical storms. Ah, uh, yeah, storm struck. The the thing I can't say. Storm struck. Yes. Very yes, alliterative. I... Yes, pretty much. That now that's one of the things that they recently changed at your interventions. That's where that is, right? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a whole new exhibit. I don't even really remember what was in that specific spot before, but whatever it was, I don't miss it because uh, Stormstruck is pretty fun. I kind of yeah. like it. Is it is it uh, Circle Vision? I mean, what what is what it's, is it? It's uh, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It's it's definitely not Circle Vision. It's like sit in a th- in in rows and you get um, 140 degrees of vision. Okay. It's it's like it's like three giant screens in front of you, but they're not all you know parallel to each other. They're a little bit angled in, so you're kind of it's kind of like you're looking out of the corner of a house. Is really is it three? No, it's only two screens, but it's two really large screens, and you're looking out of the corner of a house. Hmm. Interesting. In, into an average Florida neighborhood, and they run you through a computer generated hurricane simulator, and you get the surround sound and water spritzed in your face, and it's all in three D. Um, and it, you know, I wouldn't call it realistic, but I, you know, it kind of gives you the the feeling. Well, for someone who who lives in Florida, you probably go, yeah, not really. But for somebody like me, it it, it might be quite the experience. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was I was almost a little bit fearful of going in there. I went through Hurricane Andrew uh, many years ago, which up until Katrina was the the largest storm on record to, you know, really nail the United States. So uh, that was not a fun experience. So going into a simulator of that type of thing, I was like, oh man, am I going to be reliving this, you know, horrible uh, storm from back then? And I wouldn't say I ever felt that at all while I was in there. It, you know, it wasn't scary. It was just kind of, you know, a little bit eye opening and there is an educational portion of it afterwards, which is nice. Ah, so it's it's a uh, a two screen three D presentation with education afterwards. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Okay. And then All they right. re- they they ask you some questions. They rerun the simulation based on your responses on how to make a home safer. And then they tell you if you were right or wrong. You know, basically based on if the roof blew off again or not. Nice. So the, the oh wow, huh? That sounds like fun. I'll have to do that next time I'm it, there. I would I would recommend it for anybody to go check out once at least. Ah. Now, you recommend people see that, but I know one of the things that you don't recommend people go see just turned 45, I think it was, this year? If you're talking about the uh, Enchanted Tiki Room, that's, uh, no, I am a fan of the Enchanted Tiki Room. Now, you're a fan of Disneyland's. Are you a fan of Disney World's? No. Okay, that's what I was talking about. (laughs) Um, Because it's ours that turned 55. 45. 45, and, sorry. Uh, yeah, it would be tough for the one out here to turn 45 since Disney World hasn't been around for 45 years yet, so. Yeah, I, I always consider when somebody says Enchanted Tiki Room, you know, I just consider it being the the Tiki Room. Right, well, the one out here essentially doesn't exist anymore as far as I'm concerned, so. <laughs> and I love that one. Um, but yeah, 45 years old, still going strong. I wish they hadn't taken the Offenbach sequence out of it. But uh, but I could see why they did. Um, had you ever seen? Well, no, because you had just recently been out to Disneyland, so you never saw the Offenbach sequence, did you? I I know not of what you speak. <laughs> they had a it it used to be another five minutes longer, and they had a segment where they played a it, it was a piece from the Offenbach uh, suite, mm-hmm. and it was just pretty music with the birds and the fountain and stuff like that. And apparently they, they discovered that it was boring people. Mm. And so they cut it. And, uh, and I, I, that was one of my favorite parts of it. 
Well, based on today's audiences, I could I can see that. I mean, that's essentially the reason they um, they you know retooled the one out here was because in the world of fast paced editing and you know that kind of thing, it's it's tough to have an attraction that's as slow and you just kind of sit there and watch all these little birdies do their thing. I mean, I love it, but there's a lot of people who find it completely boring. Right. But, you know, for something being around for 45 years to have one song removed from it and essentially it's unchanged, I, th- I think that's a tribute to the original plan for the Tiki Room. Yeah, and I absolutely would never want to see that be removed from Disneyland. I mean, that's where animatronics came from. Right. Yeah, Diane Disney Miller at the 50th anniversary of Disneyland actually made reference to the Tiki Room and the fact that it's going to be around. And so you, it, it, even, you know, Diane feels strongly about the Enchanted Tiki Room. So I, I don't think it's going anywhere. And I'm hoping that they leave it just how it is. It, it works fine. It sounds great. Everything's good. No need to touch it. Based on the number of people that I saw that turned out for the 45th anniversary and all the, the merchandise that they were releasing, I mean, the line was enormous, stretching, you know, way through the park. Just that kind of a response to something as, you know, seemingly random in today's, you know, Disney kind of culture as the Tiki Room. I, I, don't, I can't see that possibly going away. Yeah, I, I certainly hope not. I mean, it's like you said, it's, it's, it's the genesis of the animatronic and it is, it's, it's a good show. I mean, you know, just to put it in a nutshell, it's a good show. Absolutely. But, um, there's, there's some, some, you know, more recent events that go on, uh, you know, in the world of Disney that are much less entertaining as far as I'm concerned that, you know, sometimes they make their ways into the park and, this time I'm speaking of Miley Cyrus celebrating her birthday at Disneyland and shutting down the park for the night. Now, see, I was so going to go out there until I heard that it was $250. <laughs> yeah. I I was going to go out. I thought that would have been a great, you know, episode of Window to the Magic. I thought, you know, go out there. Hey, it's Paul. I'm out here where it's, you know, Miley Cyrus is turning 16. Let's see what's going to happen. And then just do little snippets from the entire evening. I thought it would have been a good thing. That's one of those things that I, you know, I think is a, a nice event to have. You know, I, I can, rem- well, I don't personally remember, but I've seen, you know, things of like Annette Funicello at Disneyland. It's kind of, you know, comparable. And Miley's not exactly the same as, as Annette was, but, uh, you know, similar idea. But the fact that, yeah, they charged, an, you know, much more than an arm and a leg to attend the event is just crazy. Wow, Ricky just compared Annette Funicello and Miley Cyrus. It's it's a very, very, very loose connection. E- emails can be sent to <laughs> Inside the Magic. No, um, <laughs> wow, yeah, um, no, I you know I thought it was a good thing. They shut down the park all the time for different things. I mean, the, next month we're going to be in the park for a private party. It's you know it happens all the time. The only difference is is that this was Miley Cyrus and that they announced it. Right. You know, when Safeway closes down the park for its employees, they don't put out a PR. Right. You know, thing. But Miley is is big news. And and so they they figured, okay, well, you know, we can raise a lot of money. And uh, did the money the money went to charity, did it not? A a small percentage of it did. Yeah. And and the and the rest went to Miley and Disney, I would assume. Really? Hmm. I remember I remember reading you know the the release carefully and it was definitely a small percentage. Hmm. I, I thought it was more than that, but then again I didn't look into it, so 
Um, but yeah, I mean that, that like, like I said, that, that kind of thing happens all the time. So the, the big, you know, the big deal that they made over it, it, it I think people were scared that it was going to turn into another event like, um, Oh, what's her name? I can't remember her name. She was in the Herbie movie. Uh, Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan. I thought, I thought that they were afraid that it was going to turn into another Lindsay Lohan experience where there's people, you know, doing right. illegal things and, you know, yeah. or allegedly, you know. Yeah, there were a couple of, uh, I think really three interesting things that came out of this whole Miley Cyrus Sweet 16 thing. Uh, number one was kind of uh, what you're talking about there is that the fact that they were starting a week in advance of Miley being there to turn people away that looked like they had anything resembling a professional lens, fearing that they might be scoping out a spot where they could zoom in and get a shot of Miley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes it a lot of fun when you're a video caster in the park. Yeah, I'm sure. Trying to get in because uh, some a couple of my video guys got turned away just just going into the park just to have a day at the park, and they just right. brought brought along their video cameras, and they're like, "Nope, sorry." They get turned away at security. Yeah, I mean the 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 disease of you know Los Angeles paparazzi culture is starting to to you know work its way into disneyland which is exactly what they want to avoid so by you know just stopping it right there and then i guess that's their way of just putting their foot down saying hey you guys are not welcome here you know we have celebrities all the time and they're here to have fun like anybody else right yeah and and although the the professional video camera rule is nothing new um you know the professional camera rule I mean, we got people like Tim Devine from the Magic and Pixels and mm-hmm. uh, and Greg from MiceCast that go into the parks all the time with professional cameras. Right. And, you know, I mean, 21 megapixels. That's what Tim uses right now. A 21 megapixel camera. It, it you know, he, he's just going in to shoot pictures in the park. He loves his cameras. But they would not have allowed him into the park. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's It's not enforced all the time, but... I could see why they would for this. The, you know, this is this was a big media event in the Disney world, and you know, what what were the other things that you were? Uh, uh, you well, were... Uh, out, out here they uh, taped the um, Christmas Day parade as they do every year. You know, they tape it in advance, a few weeks in advance. Right. And um, in the past few years, it was you know very well known to the public who the celebrity um, stars were going to be, who were going to be there performing. Uh, you know how you can attend, what the dates were, what the times were. If you if you wanted to be there for that, you could find the information very easily. This year, however, that information did not show up really ever. Uh, last minute, kind of, sort of came out, but uh, nobody knew about Miley Cyrus being there for the taping until essentially it was too late to show up and see her. Oh. Which I, th- I have a feeling it must have been their way of preventing some mad rush of, you know, screaming uh, teenage girls, you know, wanting to go see her in, you know, in this kind of free concert atmosphere. Obviously, you have to pay, get, pay to get in the park. But if they're already pass holders, it's essentially, you know, it could, it could have been real crazy if it had been widely publicized in advance. Right. And, and I actually had somebody that was there uh, from Window to the Magic and they captured some audio and stuff. And I'm, I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to release it this weekend, uh, which... By the time we this plays, will have been several weekends uh, ago. But you know, it it was loud enough as it was without anybody knowing. And if they had let out that Miley was going to be there, it would have been a mess. 
Well, last year I was there um, when the Jonas Brothers came down Main Street, and they weren't quite as popular a year ago as they are now. They were certainly very popular, but now it has really exploded into, you know, the Jonas Brothers get screaming, you know, Beatles-esque crowds wherever they go. And so I think they, you know, when I heard the my eardrums exploding from the Screaming Girls last year, and they weren't even as big, I think, you know, Disney probably got the message too and was like, okay, we need to make sure this doesn't get out of control because, I mean, they have a production to run they need to you know be able to create this christmas day parade without too much interference absolutely and and since that parade is never what it seems on tv i mean it's shot in many different places at many different times edited together to make it look like it's all happening all at once live right there on tv they've got to have constant noise levels and things like that and if they've got screaming here and no screaming here they can't crossfade absolutely true and i can't remember what the third thing i was going to say was so I, th- I think it had something to do with Tinkerbell. Of course. Uh, Miley Cyrus is the new Tink. Oh, wait. No, she's not. Um, N- no, that that would be uh, Paris Hilton. Br- no. No, I don't think that's it either. No. Okay. Uh, oh, the Disney Fairies meet and greets. They right. added those. Right. That has nothing to do with Miley Cyrus, but that is absolutely correct. They, oh, uh, okay. they add them both out here and in California, right? Yes. Yes. Um, they uh, use the old place where you used to be able to meet... Uh, the Little Mermaid, uh, just to the left of Tomorrowland, naturally. That's that's where you would meet fairies. Um, it's it's on the old plot where the um, the House of the Future used to be. Right, that that makes perfect sense. Yes, um, but apparently they've they've turned it into Pixie Hollow, um, as I guess they have out at at uh, Walt Disney World, and and made it a real interactive meet and greet kind of place. And I know teen boys everywhere are, are excited about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were there when they premiered the um, the fairies uh, at a, a little media thing out here, and you know they came out, and the, everybody was was very excited to see um, some very attractive girls come out in some uh, very nice new costumes, and I definitely could see this being the most popular little kids meet and greet amongst older male crowds ever. <laughs> Boy, did you just dance around that one? <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually I saw the video that you you did where the, where they all came out, and I was confused because they came out and they kind of tiptoed out and they were very pixie like and whatever. Right. And then once Tinkerbell came out, they were it was like flash, 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 flash. Okay, well they're gonna go away now, and we're gonna talk some more. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, it, wait. It, so what? so what happens is is I guess um when they came out there we were not in Pixie Hollow of course we were in some office building somewhere um so that was not their natural environment and uh, you know as you see in the movie Peter Pan Tinkerbell can't talk uh she just makes her little tinking noises um but evidently if you are in Pixie Hollow with the fairies that is when you're able to understand what they're saying so oh. that's why you did not hear them uh, in in the video when when I had a chance to see them because they we were not in Pixie Hollow but out in California and out here you have a chance to actually interact I guess for the first time ever with uh, with you know all of these fairies one on one have a conversation have some fun with them. Now I've heard that that Tinkerbell is is uh, actually voiced by James Earl Jones. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a kind of a Darth Vader thing going on there. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I have not... Have you seen... Um, and I don't think this is on our list either. Have you seen the Tinkerbell movie? No, I just got a copy of it the other day. Haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I've heard it's very good. Yeah, see, Terry loves it. I have not had a chance to see it yet. Um, 
the idea of giving Tinkerbell a voice, I'm, I, I, at first I was a little confused by the idea. I'm like, no, she doesn't, she doesn't have a voice. She just tinks. Right. But then I thought back to the 1950s and 1960s, back when Walt was around, Tinkerbell had a voice back then. There, there were some Disneyland records and things that were put out that had, uh, had Tinkerbell as the narrator. Yeah, the only time that it ever worried me, and I'm glad they, they finally, you know, put a, a kibosh on the whole thing, was when they were having Brittany Murphy voice Tinkerbell. That was not gelling with me. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, just from from who, who she is in real life and, you know, the type of roles she has had, uh, it didn't really scream Tinkerbell to me. Okay. But, uh, you know, wh- whoever this person was that ultimately voiced Tinkerbell, uh, from what I understand, did a good job. Tinkerbell. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's kind of weird. The whole, the whole characters with no voice or very little voice thing. They did that twice this year. They did it with Tinkerbell and they did it with Wally. That is very true. And, uh, I, I I'm, I'm definitely going to not get into my thoughts too deeply on, on the Wally movie. That was another one of those, uh, like pleasure Island this year in which a lot of people disagreed with me. But, uh, what, what did you like Wally? I did. Um, I, I, when we talked about it before, we liked it for exact opposite reasons. Mm-hmm. I, I liked, you know, the first part of it, I was like, mm, um, you know, this, this is, this is good. It went off into outer space and I was like, no, you've lost me. You were the other way around. You didn't like it when he was on earth. No, 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 no. Or no, no, you liked it you. when he was on earth. Yes. Right. It was the exact opposite of me. See, I'm confused even with my own things here. <laughs> But yeah, we, we liked exactly the opposite. So, yeah, and, and that's, you know. it's, uh, I haven't gone back and watched it again. Uh, I certainly, I definitely plan to, I, I, I think I came across excessively negatively just because I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't what I had thought it was going to be. It was one of those, you know, I had made it out into something in my mind and it was something totally different. So maybe when I go back and watch it, I'll have a different opinion of it. I bought it on Blu-ray. Did you? Uh, not yet, but it's it's definitely one of those movies, ju- even if just for the first 30 minutes or 20 minutes or so, that, yeah, Blu-ray will look amazing. See, I'm one of those people, I'd, I have a Blu-ray player, thanks to, uh, you know, one of my listeners, um, but I don't have an HDTV. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting mix. It is, um, but luckily the player that, that I got has uh, has low resolution output, so I can enjoy the sound, but not the picture for now. But I still, I, I bought Wally on Blu-ray because it just screamed high definition. I, I think every Pixar movie does. It's uh, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, you put, put that movie in and it doesn't matter how bad the TV is, it's going to look incredible. You know, it, people generally think, oh, you know, I want to test out my new TV. Let me put one of these Pixar movies in. Well, you know what? They look so amazing that they're going to look good on any TV. It's actually the exact opposite of what you want to put in as a test DVD because just, they do such an unbelievable job with the, the visual style of every movie. Right. And and one of the things about the, Blue, uh, the Blu-ray Wall-E release was that it was one of the ones with the digital copy. Mm, right, right. So I got, you know, I bought it on Blu-ray. You know, I haven't actually watched it yet, but I bought it. But I have seen it on my iPhone. And that's that's a good thing. I like the fact that they're releasing movies with the with the digital copies. Because that, I'm not, that 
I, I agree with doing that. I think it's a great idea, you know, since there's so much obnoxious copy protection on these, you know, these discs, the fact that they can put out something like that, even though you have to kind of jump through hurdles to activate it and all that sort of thing. It's a step in the right direction. Me personally, I am kind of a audio video file type person. I would never sit down and watch a movie on my iPhone or I don't even have an iPhone, but if I did, I wouldn't do it. Oh. Um, I, I like to sit down in a movie theater environment, you know, and, and sit and pay attention to the movie and that's it. Otherwise, I just won't do it. Oh, you, <laughs> I have sat and, you know, in, in a, um, in, my dad's in the hospital. And so I spent a lot of time sitting in the intensive care unit with him. And while he's sleeping, I can sit there and watch Wally. And yeah. you you talk about how the movies look good. It looks good on a little four inch screen. Well, there you go. It's Excellent. gorgeous. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I guess I'm not in many situations like that, um, or any you know any situations at all. I don't have long uh, you know a long commute on a train or whatever you know something where I would need to sit there and entertain myself you know, in a place where I don't have access to a, a TV or something, you know. Very true. Well, we've so. seen Wally in the theaters. We've seen Wally on, you know, on Blu-ray. We've seen Wally on my iPhone. Have you seen Wally in the park? I would love to know what happened to that because I saw the videos of the Wally animatronic looked uh, like it had great potential and then nothing. Yeah. I haven't seen or heard of, of, of a thing. And <clears throat> excuse me, but they can do Bunsen Honeydew and Beaker on a Segway and they can't pull off a robot that's a robot? Yeah. I, I, when I saw the video of the, you know, while the, the animatronic went on tour, I guess, to different science centers around the country and various special events, I think technology-wise, it's all there and great. I think the act of interacting with a robot that doesn't speak is a little bit awkward. Yeah, but just have him come out and roam the parks. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have to say anything. He just has to drive around and look around and say, Wally. And then, you know, people <laughs> would just fall all over that. Uh, yeah, no, I completely agree. I think there is a script that they could come up with that would work. I mean, emulate the first 20 minutes in the movie where Wally interacts with random objects and has his own little cute take on them just make that happen everywhere in the park have him wander into a store and pick up a you know a plush whatever and do something with it that's funny and then move on don't you know don't stop and do anything just have him you know move around yeah i mean and and, and they could hang a uh you know an animatronic eve off the tops of one of the buildings and have him see her up there and you know and talk to her mm -hmm. i mean you know just just go back and forth for a few minutes, you know? I mean, there's so many things that they it, could do. There had to be something that we don't know about that prevented that from ever happening. Yeah, something. It's odd. Odd, odd, odd. Decisions that they make, there's there's so many decisions that I, you don't understand why they make them. They're, I would just love to be behind the scenes. You know, obviously I couldn't be doing this show with you if I was behind the scenes, <laughs> but but just to just to know why they make decisions like another one that I can think of is Prince Caspian, the second movie in the lion, the witch and wardrobe that, that series, they mm -hmm. released that competing with Iron Man. 
Yeah, not a not a good move. I remember Bob Iger coming out and speaking uh, after it essentially tanked at the box office and said that was not our you know smartest idea ever, and we hope for very good home video sales. Yeah, I mean they released the Country Bears opposite of of uh, Austin Powers. <laughs> you know, I I'm mean, not, I'm, not hello? Sure, I'm not sure the Country Bears had much of a hope on its own. I'm but. just saying. <laughs> You don't no, release. No, yeah, no I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> sir, I loved the first Narnia movie. I was very much looking forward to seeing uh, a Prince Caspian, and then to see the numbers that came out when it when it hit theaters was just sad. Well, they, they, there wasn't numbers. It was number. There was right. so, somebody who went to go <laughs> right. see it. That was pretty right. much it. Everybody yeah. else was seeing Iron Man. Right. You know, which coincidentally I haven't seen, but looks beautiful in Blu-ray. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's bizarre, um, but uh, you know, I, there there's certainly more movies to be made in the Narnia line, and I have a feeling they'll learn very well from this lesson and and make sure to schedule it in exactly the right weekend where they'll you know they'll top the box office. It's not hard. There's not a lot of great movies coming out nowadays. I mean, it just it it confused me to no end when when they put it out. I'm like, the Iron Man is coming out this weekend. I I don't yeah. understand it. Well, it's it's sometimes hard to predict, I think, with the movies like Iron Man. I mean, we've now had two Incredible Hulk movies, and neither have done especially well. I think the second one much more than the first, which I guess was awful. But, you know, Iron Man was huge, and I don't, I'm not sure anybody expected that to come out and be so as big as it was. Yeah, but still, I mean, you can look and go, you know, Iron Man is coming out, you know, this weekend... And the the you know sisterhood of the traveling pants seven is coming out the, the next weekend. Which right. weekend do you think we should choose? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean that that should be an obvious choice. So so for movies coming out in the you know in the future, maybe scheduling is, is you know a bit of an issue. Um, uh, they've recently announced a movie that I'm looking forward to, which is a long awaited sequel to Tron. They announced that at the San Diego Comic Con, so uh, I, I would imagine they'll be very careful with scheduling on that one when it comes out. I would certainly hope so, and this will be one that will get me into the theaters. This... I completely agree. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see Iron Man either. I didn't see Prince Caspian in the theaters, but I will be there for Tron Two. Now, didn't they just recently change the name? Of this, it's not TR2N anymore. I don't know. I didn't hear that. I haven't really been staying on top of it. Huh. I, I read something, and I, I don't know how true it was. It came across Twitter. So, you know, it's kind of like the National Enquirer versus podcasts <laughs> right. put together, you know. But somebody said that they changed it again. But, um, yeah, this this looks like this could be fun. This uh, You know, it's a, a movie that was really dated but fabulous for what it was. And um, they can do it again. Hopefully, they will do it right. Normally, I don't watch early, you know, cuts of things or bootlegged videos from conventions and that kind of thing. But I could not resist watching the little tiny, grainy, terrible quality teaser for Tron 2. And I'm I'm glad I watched it because, it. I mean, if, if the movie really does look like what that teaser does... It's exactly what that movie needs to be. What do you say? San Diego, uh, the Comic-Con next year um, is going to have metal detectors in their preview areas, you think? They're going to completely <laughs> ban cell phones and... It's I, uh, I, I don't know if they can they can completely do it, but uh, at the very least, in a, any talk given by Disney, they may do that because they were certainly trying to shut those videos down online. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna have coat check for cell phones at the at the doors next year. <laughs> I just know it. It's, um, well, it's bound to happen eventually. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, this this could be fun. Tron itself is, is you know was a fabulous movie, and uh, and it really really it's promising. I'm I'm looking well, forward fa- to it. The fact that they got uh, uh, bridges back is <laughs> is just fantastic. I could just imagine the screams. When oh the, yeah, well yeah, I mean you hear it if you watch the video. It was it was stupendous. Yeah. I mean, just just really, really good. Kind of, kind of like when uh, when I was seeing Pirates of uh, the Caribbean, the second one, I think. When when they're uh, they're going right at the end, they're in uh, in in the place, and and they're looking for uh, for Jack. They're saying we're going to go see Jack, and then then Barbosa comes back down the stairs. Ah, uh, yes. You know that kind of thing. That it had the same kind of feeling for me when Jeff Bridges came back out again. I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much a necessity to make it work. Yeah, it has to be. So, um, let's see. We're talking about movies. Uh, Bolt. Bolt just came out. That's the... Uh, who, di- who did Bolt? That's not Pixar. No, it's not. It's just Walt Disney Animation Pictures Studio, whatever it's called. Okay. Now, I heard that that was fabulous. I've heard I've heard mixed things. Some people said it was it was good. You know, it, I've definitely heard a lot of people say it's Disney's best and closest, you know, 3D computer animation to Pixar that they've ever they've ever done without Pixar. Yeah, and and that little character in the ball is Yeah, the little the little hamster is has seems to be stealing the show. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking in the park uh are they going to have a walk around of him? You think they'll they'll get a big clear ball? Um, I, I know they've already got uh, Bolt and the, the cat character. The name escapes me right now. They've, I've got a meet and greet with them. I'm not sure about the hamster. Hmm. I, w- I, w- I would think that would be funny. A little hard to control, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but I, think it would be, uh, I think it would be something fun to do. I, I, don't, I don't know anything about this movie other than the fact that I think that the hamster's hilarious and Miley Cyrus was in it. Yeah, and, and John Travolta, I believe. Oh, yeah, him too. <laughs> but uh yeah no i didn't i didn't see it either so can't really say much about it gotcha um let's see what um any other movies you can think of um no not off the, not off the top of my head i think i can't even think of anything else that happened in 2009 eight i mean in 2008 I'm, I'm already ahead of myself i'm already in the next year that's it's just you know a couple of days away so yeah well that's that's why you're thinking about it because you're yeah Already getting ready to to party for uh, New Year's Eve. In fact, I'm ready to do our wrap up for 2009. Why don't we just you know start that? We can record it now. Play it next year. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. Um, Everybody ready for another two hours or so? That's right. Yeah. Well, how, we've we've got, well, it's been two hours that we've been recording so far. So yeah, just about. Yeah. Editing will will probably take that down a little bit. I'm sure. But what the heck. Um. So speaking of 2009, since you stumbled on that one, um, what do we got? Oh boy. Um, well, you know, we mentioned a lot at the, at the end of last year, um, we mentioned a lot of things that were, you know, coming up in, in the future at some point and, and some of it happened in 2008. Some of it is still, you know, being put off for the future, scheduled for the future, that kind of thing. We've got construction going around, uh, various resorts here at Walt Disney World Contemporary. It's got a lot of things going on over there. Oh yeah, that's right. You got the the Bay Lake Tower. Is that what it's called yeah, now? Yeah, the the whole big new building coming up, popping up over by the the A frame. The, the structure is there. They're just you know kind of filling in the gaps now. 
Now, see, the last time I was there, it was just it, it was just an inch off the ground. Um, the the big thing that that was new when I was last in the contemporary was that um, that new store in the center with the Mickey silhouettes. Right, right, yeah. There's yeah, new store in the kind of the concourse area. Next, next to that is now where the arcade is because the arcade was moved from its former location because that's now where the Wave restaurant is. And uh, the Wave also took over for the former fast, you know, quick bite eatery. So now the quick bite eatery is where the Concourse Steakhouse was. Concourse Steakhouse is gone, so it's lots going on in there. Yikes. Yeah, the, the Concourse Steakhouse was actually the my first experience, my first time in 1989 when I walked onto Walt Disney World property. I walked in, went and got on the monorail, went around, got off in the Contemporary, and walked over, and we just, on a whim, because there was no ADRs back then, and mm-hmm. there was no, having to schedule 180 days ahead of time, we just walked up to this place, and we sat down. We had no idea what the food was or anything. This was my first experience of food at Walt Disney World, underneath the monorail and the whole shot, and it's gone. Yeah, now you, you'll you walk in there, and you'll do a quick you know, grab and go kind of thing, maybe a little sandwich or something and just kind of casually sit in the chairs in there. Hmm. Oh, well, uh, they haven't taken away chef Mickey's though. Have they? No, no, that's way too popular. I think to, uh, to ever leave. Okay. That see, I did that too. And that was fun. I like that. But, uh, so you said the, the, that they had moved the arcade. Um, where is, is that you said it's over by the store now? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, that store is kind of in the middle. Well, that store kind of sells what used to be in the store where the arcade is now. Now, um, I know there was stores on either side. There was the Fantasia store and on the other side was a kind of a weird store. Right. Yeah. The store that has all of the, you know, art of Disney kind of stuff with the big figs and all of that sort of thing is still there. It's the other one is not there anymore. And now is the arcade. Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right. That's what I get for not going. I need to get back. Well, uh, you know, and uh, I said a few resorts around Walt Disney World were were working on. Last year, we said the Animal Kingdom Villas Vacation Club Edition was going on. It's it's still under construction. I'm not entirely sure when it's opening, so not much else, you know, to talk about there. Still moving along. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, actually the uh, the thing out at the Grand Californian. The DVC extension there mm, is is right. doing the same thing. They're kind of kind of bookending the the United States with DVC construction. Yeah, I, well, absolutely. Way out in Hawaii, they're working on the one there. They just broke ground on their uh, their upcoming Hawaiian Vacation Club resort. Oh, yeah. I saw a video of, of the area that that's going to be in. Uh, one of the other podcasts went out there and, uh, and did a video cast of this is where it's going to be. And that's mm-hmm. some pretty area out there. Oh, I'm sure. I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it is. And, you know, I've always planned on going to Hawaii someday. And, you know, maybe this resort opening will be finally the, okay, it's time to go. Now, I, I find that an interesting thing for you to say because it's a DVC resort. You're not a DVC member, though. I'm not, but, uh, you know, you can always find somebody who's got some spare points. Or, you know. Oh, that's that's true. <laughs> that's true. Hey. You never know. Uh, there's always ways of, of making your way in there. I I dare you to find one of your listeners that has DVC points they're not going to use. I've uh, I've actually used somebody's uh, spare points a couple of times out here at Walt Disney World before, so it's not really? unheard of. Wow. 
I, I it wasn't it wasn't I, it wasn't one of my listeners, but it was uh, it was somebody I know, and he you know just couldn't make it out to use the extra points, and they were gonna just kind of poof go away. So I I would have laid money on the fact that that none of the people that well you said it wasn't one of your listeners, so I guess my thing right. still holds true. But that <laughs> it, that uh, that our our listenership would not have a single unused DVC point. I just, yeah, that, that's probably true. I don't I don't see that happening. Um. Now, just a minute ago, we were talking about movies. We've got some movies coming up in two thousand nine, and yeah, lots of movies coming out. I don't, I don't know if they're all coming out in two thousand nine. I always get so mixed up on on release dates. I know the next Pixar movie is definitely coming out in two thousand nine. That's going to be Up, which had a, a trailer or two come out very recently. Now, there's a descriptive movie title. Yeah, it's a, it's one of those. It's like Cars. It's, it's tough to use in a sentence. Yeah, it Pixar's Up. Huh? What? <laughs> you know, I don't get yeah. it. It's you know, it just it doesn't fly off the tongue like Toy Story does or anything right. like that. It it leads me to know nothing about this movie. What do you know about it? Um, I I know only what I've seen in the trailer, and I know that it looks like it's gonna be fun, <laughs> which doesn't say a whole lot. It's about you know the main character is a is an elderly man, which is uh, unique unto itself, especially for an animated movie. So. Yeah, kind of like Jerry's game, the extended version. Absolutely. I, I love that short. That's one of my favorite Pixar shorts, and the main character of Up looks very similar, uh, the, the you know, the face of both characters. Mm, very good. Well, maybe it's the same guy, and he's just uh, had a facelift or something. Yeah, maybe it's his, yeah, it's his, it's his cousin or something. It's his cousin. Very good. I like it. Uh, isn't, uh, isn't Tim Burton coming out with something this year? Yeah, we talked about that last year as well. Uh, I'm not sure if those are slated for release in 2009. I can't remember. He's working on uh, his own version of Alice in Wonderland, which I'm sure will be a, a treat. It, you know, in, in Burton style, anything is always unique and different. That, uh, yeah, that brings up the, the Johnny Depp leaked picture. Yes, I, I did see that again. I normally don't look at that sort of thing, but I had to know what Johnny Depp was going to look like as the Mad Hatter, and I, I think it looks... It looks Tim Burton. It it does, and you know, I I was expecting something a little more like the Disney film, which mm -hmm. I have no idea why. It's Tim Burton. It's going to look nothing like the Disney film, right? But I, for some reason, I expected something a little more like that. And when I saw him, I was like, "Wow, that is not what I was expecting." Yeah, well, that's essentially what uh, what you got to do when you go into a Tim Burton movie is just take anything you thought and, you know, the only things you can really expect is the fact that Danny Elfman will be doing a score and Johnny Depp will be in there somewhere. So it's a must see. Absolutely. And and then Frankenweenie, which was the uh, the short that, you know, Tim Burton did uh, back at Disney many, many years ago is now being extended into a full length feature, uh, stop motion like Corpse Bride and Nightmare Before Christmas. So I'm, I'm very excited to see that as well. Yeah, that ought to be fun. You know, it's one of those remakes that, you, you know, you you wonder why people remake things, you know, day the earth stood still. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, you know, Frankenweenie. OK, he's he's remaking his own thing. Well, and the original Frankenweenie was um, live action as well, so it's a completely different thing now. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be odd, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. And uh, more more Johnny Depp has been announced. Uh, they said that there is, in fact, going to be a Pirates of the Caribbean four. The search for Miley Cyrus. The search for a better movie than Pirates three, hopefully. Oh, okay. Well, I knew it was one of those two. <laughs> <laughs> do do we know anything about the premise for four? 
we can only assume from the end of Pirates 3 that it will be Jack Sparrow looking for the Fountain of Youth, but who knows? Mm. So we know very little about it. Yeah, uh, even so far as who the co-stars are going to be. I mean, there have been rumblings of whether, you know, Jeffrey Rush will be involved and Orlando Bloom, probably not. Kira Knightley, probably not, but who knows? Really? So they're actually going to, there's a possibility that they could be going without the the two or three of the main characters? It's it's an absolute possibility. The only confirmed cast member is Johnny Depp. Huh. Well, color me worried. I, uh, hmm. Okay. Didn't know that. Don't know what I think about it yet. I'm going to have to sit on that one for a year. I'll let you know. I'm all for it. I, I, you know, Pirates 1 was the best of the bunch, and, you know, I didn't really have any expectations going into that one, so I'm just going to kind of return my expectations back to ground zero and hope for the best. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. That'll work. I, uh, and, but is that coming out next year for sure, or do we know? No, I, I don't think so. I think it's, it's a ways off. Uh, I, I gotcha. I, I'm pretty sure they haven't even finalized a script yet. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, okay. Um, now, Here's another thing too. I, I I had had some friends that came out and rode Space Mountain out here at Walt Disney World for the first time, and they were blown away. And they said that they wanted Space Mountain out of Walt Disney World to change. Is that going to happen? Is that is- you know? I I sat here last year at this time when we had the same conversation, and I said yes, it's going to happen in the very near future. I've heard this, that, and the other thing, and. It didn't in 2008, and I'm still hearing this, that, and the other thing that it's, you know, oh, yeah, it's definitely on. It's going to happen from this date and that date, and here's why. And, you know, I guess one of the latest things is that they left Space Mountain off of the uh, vacation planning video, the free one that you can order. It's it's not on there. So people are like, oh, it's not on there. So, it you know, maybe they're going to close it for most of 2009. So huh. who knows? Wow. Well, all right. Oh, well, I, you know. I consider your Space Mountain to be very, very painful. It, well, yeah. I mean, I, I love Disneyland's Space Mountain. Now, that's one of those classic attractions that I have no problem with them, you know, almost completely retooling and is out here. If As long as they make it like Disneyland's, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and the only problem is, is that trying to fit two roller coasters into the same building is very, very difficult. I'm surprised mm-hmm. they pulled it off back in the 70s. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I know that when they did it out here at Disneyland, that they ended up having to dig down because they went from the flat track to the tube track. Mm. And, and so they ended up having to dig. They couldn't raise the building. So right. they, ha- they had to dig down into the ground to, to make more room for it. So it ought to be interesting to see what happens if they go to a single track in Florida. Yeah, that would that would be crazy if they did. I know I've heard that, you know, they were, you know, they were going to, go for it. They were going to do everything. They were going to put the speakers on and all of that kind of thing because we've never had speakers in our vehicles out here. And then they ran a, a test on the vehicles with some speakers and it just didn't work with the track. The vehicles were too heavy or something. I don't know if any of that's true. Mm. That's just what I've heard. Interesting. <laughs> well, I, I had heard that they were going to redo it out at Florida and that instead of music, they were going to run DVC ads. <laughs> yeah. you know that wouldn't surprise me space mountain it's, space's best kept secret uh, yes it is absolutely disney's worst kept secret now <laughs> now uh space mountain's not changing star tours we got anything i mean yeah space mountain is becoming the star tours 2.0 rumor it's like oh yeah it's happening any day now and then nothing nothing okay so no and 
See, because, you know, I don't do news on my show. You do news on your show. So I, I come to your show every week to, to hear the news and to, to stay up on top of things. Con- constant rumors of, oh, yeah, they've been testing Star Tours 2.0 over in the former Body Wars location because it's the same simulator. But who knows if that's actually true? Oh, now that's a smart idea. They could do that back there. Nobody would ever see it. It's boarded up and closed. And yeah. I, absolutely, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they were doing it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be opening for real anytime soon. True, but at least as long as they're making baby steps forward, I guess it's okay. Yeah. So that's good. Um, yeah. Now, we had the um, the year of a million dreams is times times two. Yeah. Hey. Right. Yeah. The the many years of fourteen million dreams. Um, it's ending in three days. It is finally, and and that means you know new, uh, oddly named celebration for two thousand nine. Right. It's what will you pay for this year? Is the new one right? <laughs> You'll pay for everything except for park admission on your birthday. Oh, that's right. What will you celebrate? That's what it is. Yeah. And apparently, what you'll celebrate is your birthday, because any other time they don't care about anniversaries, they don't care about bar mitzvahs. No, 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 no. They, they definitely care about all those. As long as you're paying for your celebrations, they absolutely want to help you out there. Oh, I see. Okay. I see. I was under the impression that it was just free birthdays and, and that's it. But is it, it, they're going to let you in the park if you, oh, oh, if you pay I on... I just remember they're, they're going to give you, uh, they're going to give you free buttons. Um, that's, that's it. Oh. Joy. Um, which this has been doing for a few years, I, I believe. This is just weird. I, I don't know whether they just decided that they needed to come up with something. I First off, I don't understand the need to constantly have some sort of promotion. Maybe it's just because I'm not in marketing. I don't know. But I think Walt Disney World, if you just said, folks, Walt Disney World, Mickey Mouse, look at this place. Come visit. <laughs> it would be yeah, okay. Th- this is definitely one of the more bizarre promotions I've seen in a while. The free birthday thing, I think, is a fantastic idea. I love it, especially as an annual pass holder, which oh, instead of a free day into the park, I actually get a uh, gift card to use on my birthday of the same value as a ticket, which is great. That's like a free 70 bucks that I can go spend in the parks on my birthday. So I love that idea. Right, which for um, me, I'm an annual pass holder at Disneyland, so I get a buck and a quarter and a kick in the butt. <laughs> there you go uh very useful and and you can buy like half a churro with that but um yeah it, uh, other than that i mean what is this whole promotion really at, at its heart it's it's not much yeah it's it's free admission on your birthdays i, I don't know that they're doing anything i mean they're gonna have little you know little celebrations if it's your birthday you go over there and you know they're they, but i don't see anything there's no new parade there's no new fireworks. There, there have been rumors of your daytime parade coming out to us. And that would be good because that would mean we would get something new. Right. I, I, and I, I absolutely would love to get rid of our daytime parade. That's the most repetitive song in the history of parade songs, at least recently. Hmm. Have you seen the block party bash? No, um, actually <laughs> at the magic kingdom, actually it's the Pixar play parade really that is, is repetitive. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it brings back Aladdin's Royal caravan memories, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, if they put our parade out at you guys, they'll give us something new. I had also heard something about us getting possibly new fireworks at Disneyland too, but I don't know that that's, 
actually been confirmed or not. Well, the the uh, the big question is, what are they going to do with the Cinderella Castle suite and the uh, the Dream Suite out there? Well, they're going to give it to me. Oh, both of them. Yes. Well, I need oh, okay. some place to stay for Mousefest. Oh, Come on. Of course, of course. I should have known. Yes, absolutely. Now, you know, I think that they're probably going to do the same thing that they did out here at Disneyland with the um, with the Pirates Suite. And the the Mickey Mouse penthouse, which is um, they rent them out. They are uh, they're high end. I mean, I I looked into for Friends of the Magic. I had you know when I'm blue skying my my events. One of the things that I thought of was I was going to rent the Pirates Suite because I got a chance to go up there um, back in July with Exitensio, which was just a treat. Um, I got a chance to go up there and see that place. And I instantly thought, Ooh, dinner, we could have a big pirates themed dinner up here and it would just be fabulous. I called and I said, hi, I'd, I'd like to look into renting the pirate suite. And they said, absolutely. We do that. Not a problem. Let me get you to my manager because the people that actually do the reservations, can't rent these suites. They're, they're exclusive. So you have mm-hmm. to talk to a manager. $3,600 a night. Nice. So I'm thinking that they're going to raise that price a little bit and give you the ability to buy into this, into those two suites. Uh, they, God, I, if that's the price for the pirate suite, the price for the Cinderella Castle suite and just the logistics of having somebody in the park overnight, that would have to be astronomical. Yep. 7000 7, bucks probably, I would think. I would think double what you're paying for the Pirates suite. I, I mean, just to just to pay for the guy who's got to sit in the little concierge thing downstairs at, you know, at your beck and call, just to pay for him right. is going to be, you know, a crazy amount of money, let alone the room itself. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I think that that's what, it, you know, because if they don't do anything with it, then it's just sitting there and, you know, sure, they can have VIPs go in there and whatever. Great. That's fantabulous. But if they put it on the high end rental list, then they make money off of it. Yeah, I, I, I kind of thought that maybe they would use it for, you know, the big Disney wedding kind of thing. It's a, you know, the top of the line honeymoon suite. See? But I guess they could just open it up to anybody. And if you want to book it for your wedding, that's the same thing as booking it any other night. That's a beautiful idea. I had not put that together. Yes, the high-end wedding. Because they, they do high-end weddings there all the time. So you do the highest-end wedding, it's an additional 4000 bucks, and you get to stay in the suite. Yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, here's here's the funny thing. Um, they just uh, had an annual pass holder uh, day a couple of days ago, where you could sign up online and you got a tour of the castle suite. First time they've ever done that. And you and went. I did go, and it was it was nice. It was the first time I had ever been there. Wow. And um, but the whole time I was kind of thinking this has got to be prime in the pump you know wet the whistle saying hey look at this wonderful suite that we have and it's going to be available very very soon yeah yeah i mean that's you know dvc you know all it takes is 10 years worth of points to stay here yeah you know yeah exactly uh, uh, you know i asked them of course while i was walking through there you know hey what's going to become of this and they said oh you know they've got lots of ideas and <laughs> of course wouldn't say anything beyond that <laughs> um but i can i it's got to be available somehow oh yeah it's there there's there would be no 
viable reason for them just to let it sit there and not do anything. They can make tons of money off that thing. And as long as they charge the right amount, it doesn't cost them anything. The person that's staying there that night covers the cast member, covers the, you know, all of the costs involved with it. Yep. And, and, you know, it's, it's a good thing. I mean, and, and you know, the year of a million dreams was nothing but a, a drain on, on all of that, giving away all these prizes. I mean, obviously it was a promotion to get people to come, but you know, giving away things was one thing. Now they can charge for the things that they were formerly giving away and probably recoup every bit of money that they gave away stuff out of the two years within, you know, just a few months of renting out these suites. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and they gave away so many things, millions, I would say. Um, right. <laughs> and I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> you would think. Um, you know, I almost got through the entire two years without winning anything. But you did get something. I did. On the last day of my stay, on my last trip uh, in September, I was walking into the park and we had just gotten in. We had just finished at Goofy's Kitchen and we were walking into the park and one of the people that was in my party said, come this way quick. Now don't ask why. And what it was, was they had seen somebody walking out of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar at Disneyland, but um, between the, the Carnation Gardens, the Carnation Plaza Gardens where the big band is, mm-hmm. there's like a little walkway that goes back and it passes by some bathrooms and then it goes by the Rancho del Zocalo and then it goes out into Frontierland. Right, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. They had seen somebody walking out of there unwrapping the string around some dream fast passes. Uh-huh. And they're like, come this way, now. <laughs> and so they just, they guessed that that person was not just finally unwrapping something that they right, had gotten. Right. And we we all ran over there, Jonathan Dichter, Brian Ripper, and I... Uh, we were all in the park for their first trip out to Disneyland ever, and I finally won Dream Fast Passes. I feel so good. There you go. You got something. It's truly the year of a million dreams. Yeah, well, if you if you if you don't count the um, dream job thing, which technically was not part of the year of a million dreams, the only thing that I got was a pair of Mickey ears out in Disneyland, and it. It was just one of those, you know, I happened to be there the right place at the right time, and there they were. So you you only won one thing, too? Correct. I never won a single thing out here in Orlando. See, and that, it blows me away that, you know, with the billions of times that you and I go to the parks, me out here and you out there, we should have won 50 things. And I would think so, but... It's weird just how random it worked. It's just odd. So, so we all won everything or won, won something. So that's good. Won something. Not everything. I would have liked to have won everything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Castle Suite would have been nice or the, the, um, the Dream Suite at Disneyland. I would love to stay up there and they, they don't rent it out on nights like when Fantasmic is, is, um, is practicing and stuff because they just reopened mm-hmm. ours out here mm-hmm. and, um, they, they don't rent it out on those days. I'll take it on those days. I don't, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to be sleeping <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Hey, speaking of, uh, speaking of Fantasmic though, um, out here, there's going to be a lot more of those days. Normally it goes every night out here, but in 2009, they're majorly cutting back Fantasmic. 
So are, are they cutting back performances or? Yes, it's only going to be, I believe, two nights a week. Huh? Because they're opening up the new American Idol experience, which is going to have its nighttime finale show, and they want everybody to go there instead. Um. Okay. I'm. I'm a little confused. The American Idol experience. Are they using the Fantasmic stage? No, and the American Idol Experience Theater holds 1,000 people, which is far less than the Fantasmic Theater. So they're, huh. so they're closing Fantasmic five nights a week so that 1,000 people can go into the American Idol Experience. And everybody else can kind of stand outside and watch it on a, a big screen. Everybody else can go to the adventure. Oh, damn. um mm. yeah now uh, what do you think about the american idol thing i know nothing about it i have to admit that right off the bat i've seen the tv show in passing i know Uh nothing about the experience so so you're not a fan of the tv show not at all and uh if if you had the opportunity to step onto a slightly miniaturized version of the actual American Idol set and watch real part guests vie for a chance to be on the TV show would that interest you? Uh you know I go in and I watch people you know do stuff on the Indiana Jones at uh stage show there and at Hollywood Studios. Mhm. So I don't know. I, I I would probably do it once just to kind of see, you know, what it's all about. Is it, is are they like doing hour experiences or something or half an hour or? Well, uh, the way it's going to work and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it's going to basically be seven normal shows, uh, during the day, each of which is going to have three, um, singers that have made it past a multi audition stage, uh, or phase rather um, and so you're going to watch three singers you're going to decide whichever you like the best and then out of those seven daytime shows uh, the winners will then uh, compete at the end of the night in the finale show and then you'll choose a winner from that for the big winner of the day well it's actually a pretty decent premise then uh, the fact that there it's going to be all one day all inclusive you start at the beginning of the day and then you 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 know if you win then you're going to come back later on in the day and stuff like that that could be fun. Um, from a from a viewing standpoint, um, I, I would go see one of them. I don't know that I would go back and see the finale. Given the choice, I would want to see just the finale. Right. But, you know, you know, it's it's all right. That's that's not bad. What, what do you think of it? I agree. I would probably, I mean, I'm definitely going to go watch it once. I'll go sit in the audience, but, uh, I mean, there's no way I would ever even attempt to audition the way they have it set it up, set up is, uh, you know, like a real audition. It's, it's a very office like atmosphere. You go in, you sing for somebody. If they think you have a good singing voice, they move you on to another round. If that person then approves you to be one of the, the three for a specific show, then you move on. But everybody else has then waited in line for maybe several hours of their day for nothing which you know i guess is comparable to waiting in line for the tv show except you have to wait for days to be on the tv show so at least this way you get you know you get a reality check a lot earlier but uh i I would never take part in that whole audition part of it because i know i can't sing yeah you know yeah but then again that's because you know you can't sing you know right well there's and (laughs) this is my problem with the attraction is the 
really the only part of the American Idol television show that I enjoy is the delusional folks who show up on the show that they, you know, Fox purposely puts through to the, you know, audition phase in front of the judges because they know they're going to be absolutely hilarious on TV just because they're so bad, yet they think they're good. That aspect of it seems to be completely eliminated from this attraction. Mm, yeah, that that was, I, n- I never watched any of the finales of American Idol. Um, the ones that I saw on TV or the segments in passing that I saw on TV were always the initial stuff. Right. So I, that, that's the most entertaining portion as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's another one of those things where it's like, what's wrong with America? You know, let's watch American yeah. Idol and we'll find out. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's fun. This, this would be one of those things. This is kind of like, and, and, you know, it's a stretch, but it's kind of like golf for singers. And the reason I say that is because, you know, I'm, I'm not a golfer, but there are people who look forward to going out to Walt Disney world so that they can spend hours on grass, hitting a little ball around. Right. So there will be people who are doing the singing, the American Idol experience. They'll go out to Walt Disney world exclusively to try out for this American Idol thing. And I mean, is there any chance of these people getting onto the real TV show? Oh yeah, absolutely. The winner of every single day's finale show gets uh, essentially a fast pass to skip the big two or three day line at their next regional audition and essentially appear immediately before the judges. So, I mean, yeah, it's a huge incentive to, to come to the attraction. Okay. See, you know, I mean that, you know, my, my uh, golf analogy kind of works then because it, you know, for somebody who, who likes singing, this is a heck of a chance. It's a, it, it definitely is, and for those who are extremely uh, delusional and think they can sing, it's a great chance to uh, move to Orlando, become an annual pass holder, and show up at the attraction every single day until they shut it down, hoping that they'll eventually let them in. Oh, I'm sure that they've got some sort of stopgap for that one. I hope so. Because, you know, they've got to know that you're there. No. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, if it, I can only imagine that there's a, a set number of people who are going to be screen, you know, doing the auditions, and if they start to recognize your face, they're just going to say, okay, you're done. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, um, what else is going on at Walt Disney World next year? There's something really fun that I just did uh, that just comes to mind is the, the Kim Possible World Showcase Adventure. I just had a chance to do a cast member preview of that and it was really fun why am i i'm i'm thinking nintendo is it um no has nothing to do with nintendo um in it in it like a little thing that you carry around well yeah okay i I guess you could compare it that way it's a it's actually a cell phone that you carry around oh Um, okay cell phone i thought it was like a little nintendo ds or something like that right well they had tested the uh the ds map kind of thing over at the magic kingdom for a while um I, that didn't seem to really go anywhere or either that or they're still working on it but oh. uh this is this is over at epcot in the world showcase and it's essentially taking the kim possible you know characters from the the disney channel cartoon and mixing that with kind of the amazing race reality show and give, putting you on these like secret missions where you get to run through the well 
walk briskly through the world <laughs> showcase and uh, you know activate these hidden things around these things light up and make sounds and animatronics move and they help you to solve the mission and defeat the evil villain and it happens in seven of the of the countries around the world showcase and it's really fun wait a minute animatronics move Absolutely, yeah. It's the you know things that you would just walk by on a daily basis. Think, oh, that's some cute little exhibit in a in a glass case, and it's they're amazingly disguised as just average exhibits or decorations in the countries, and they're actually part of this game. Really, and if you they, if you complete this, uh, what do you get? The satisfaction of completing it. Fabulous. <laughs> yeah, there's no, it's not really a game, it's an attraction, and it's it's an interactive attraction, basically, that you, you move around on your own two feet. Okay, so can I do this with my cell phone if I go to the park? No, you have to pick up one of their special communicators, uh, and, uh, which, it, it, they're great, they're modified Verizon cell phones, essentially, but it, it works really well. Hmm, so it, it, it's, uh, you have to use their phone, You are they going to move it out to... To do on other phones? I mean, like the iPhone or something like that? No, no I mean, it's not really a, a phone. It's preloaded with all these video clips and, you know, missions and, you know, things like that. And it's got special technology built into it. I think it's designed to look like a phone because you're a secret agent and you want to be secretive, but it's not really a phone. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. All right. And and it's a lot of fun. It's It's an attraction, so it's free. It is, uh, yeah, which is, I'm sure, one of the most common questions that they're going to get because it does seem like something that you would need to pay extra to take part in. But no, it's you'll grab a, a pass very similar to a fast pass. It'll say, go pick up your communicator from the secret location at whatever time, and you do it, and you'd go enjoy a country, and then if you want to do it again, you'll have to go grab another pass and start all over. Now, how are they assuring that your communicator is going to be returned? That is a uh, a darn good question because they're not really the only built-in uh, mechanism, as from what I can tell, is the fact that in order to complete your mission, you have to put it into a box, and you don't realize, uh, you know, necessarily that you're getting rid of it until it's too late. Oh. But uh, even then, I, there is this mysterious little blue plastic tag hanging off of it, which might be a security device. If you try to leave the turnstiles, maybe it'll beep like crazy. Huh. Interesting. Maybe it'll explode into paint and shards of glass. I don't know. Hey, that could be fun. Um, so, so they do not take a credit card or anything like that when you sign up for it or anything? No, no, they don't. Huh. It's very trusting on their part, at least for now. Maybe if they start to see them disappear, then they'll rethink that. Yeah. Interesting. But it's a, it's a lot of fun. Oh. I, I can't wait till it opens completely. It was a little buggy when I did it. I think they're still working out the kinks, but uh, it, it's something that I, I had a blast doing. What are we talking time commitment-wise? About 30 to 45 minutes per country. Per country. Seven countries. Yeah, you, you definitely wouldn't do it do them all in one day. It's something you maybe might do a couple this trip, come back later, do a couple more. Hmm. So, so it's... Um, each country is independent, so it's not like you're trying to get all seven done so that you can get the special video at the end. Correct. Each one is totally independent, has its own storyline and its own evil villain at the end. Gotcha. Okay. I thought I, I thought it was a go do all seven, and then you you know get something at the end, being a you know a special video or a you know something. Nope. You just kind of you know do your your one country, you get a congratulations, you're awesome, and now put your communicator in the box and enjoy your day at Epcot. Gotcha. Okay. 
All right. Then, yeah, that could be fun. I'll have to try that when I go back. Um, now, they're doing something big over at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, I think it's opening in July, which kind of makes sense. I think it's July 4th. But they're they're redoing the Hall of Presidents, right? Yeah, well, you know, we have a, a new president on the way, President-elect uh, Barack Obama. And uh, as was the case with George W. and uh, Clinton, they're going to be adding in Obama to give him, well, they haven't 100% his own, said his own speech, but I have a feeling he'll be there with the amount of, you know, technology stuff that he's been involved with that I don't, I don't see him saying no. Absolutely. That's, yeah, he'll be there, trust me. Yeah, well, and in addition to him, they're also going to have George Washington speak for the very first time, and Lincoln will also be retaining his speech. So it's going to be a much more animatronic-focused show, and hopefully they're going to cut back on all the really boring pre-movie stuff. I was just about to make a joke about Hall of Presidents, the four-hour commitment, but <laughs> yeah, but the, you brought up a good point right before I started my pun, and that's there is a rather long, slow, tedious movie before the animatronics come out. So any time that they're giving to the presidents, they can just edit out of the film. And yeah, I I I, I know I read um, that they are really working on the whole introduction process of the presidents and all of that to make it a lot more entertaining, and so you don't fall asleep essentially didn't they say something about there being some sort of light that is going to light up or something so that you can identify which president they're talking about yeah i think uh up until you know led lighting and you know current lighting controls it was real difficult for them to to keep it all in motion you know one person lights up here and the other one over here as they're being announced and all of that and then you get confused which one is which but they said they've got all the technology to do it now and they're going to make it a lot more yeah easy to understand you know they announce you know james k polk and you're like wait is it that guy over there this one over here it'll be pretty obvious now Uh, okay so a bolt of lightning is going to come down and fry the president that they're talking about (laughs) <laughs> yeah, as long as there's uh, never again any uh, red hydraulic fluid emanating from uh, any of the presidents, then, you know, it will be good to go. Yeah, that, that's bad. Um, all right. Well, that I, I look forward to that. That'll open up. Well, if I, if I go to Walt Disney World again here with my plan, it's going to be in early 2010. So that, that means that I won't, I'll actually be able to see this within about the first six months of its release. So that's yeah. That's one of the one of those things I would love to be there on uh, opening day for this, but there is no way you're going to find me at the Magic Kingdom on July fourth. Why not? It's uh, I've been there, I've done that, and it's not fun. Just put a sign outside that says "closed," and then yeah. you you go in. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, my my usual tactics of easily getting into the parks are all thwarted on those uh, extremely crowded days. So oh, they you can't jump the fences. Bummer. Uh, yeah, right. Um, so sp- speaking of going into the parks and usual ways of thwarting things, um, is pirate and princess party dates. I heard something just the other day. Are they not doing them in 2009? Before I answer that question, can you explain that segue to me? No. <laughs> okay. Just make it sure. Uh, yeah, they, they had them scheduled for, uh, January through March, I think. And now they're not pirates the word you know it's just oh yeah okay never mind got it yeah sorry not all of them can be gold my friend not all of no. them can be gold not even not even aztec gold so are are they they're not canceling the pirate and princess party completely though 
Hard to say. Uh, I think it's I think it's due to very low numbers of bookings uh, for those dates because of you know the economy and all that. Oh, I see. So that right now they're cutting back on them. Yeah, I mean they they announced some dates and people bought tickets, but I guess not enough people did, so they're refunding those tickets and saying yeah, maybe we'll try again later. Huh. Well, that's not good. I, I you know I went to a pirate and princess party. I thought it was all right. It was not up to the same caliber as the very merry party or the not so scary Halloween party. So yeah, I, I went to the to the Christmas party last year, mm-hmm. and uh, it, fun. You know, like like everybody teases. You know, the fifty five dollar cookie. Um, <laughs> right. But it you know, it it was fun. Um, I I don't know about the pirate and princess party whether I would go. I think it, go ahead. A lot of down, a lot of downtime in the pirate and princess party, unless you're there to take advantage of you know short lines on the attractions, which is a great way to do that. You know, don't go to the park for the day and then just enjoy it during the night. Use your money that way. Um, if you're there just for the pirate and princess party activities, you, know, you don't quite get enough for your money. Hmm. And is there? Well, no, there was a there was a pirate and princess parade, right? Yeah, there's a parade. It's a little odd of a parade. It's kind of a compilation of other pirate and princess stuff you've seen everywhere else the highlight of it is really the fireworks which is uh comparable to the uh the current disneyland fireworks in that they kind of blow up the castle and all that sort of thing nice so it's it's it do we think that this is the event that is the problem or do we think it's probably just the economy i'm i'm thinking it's the economy mm-hmm. it's it's just not a good you know january february real slow time anyway combine that with the fact that you know people are not quite spending money right now like they normally do and maybe a celebration that costs extra money is not the best thing to have mm, good point that uh hmm. well i was not going to be there anyway so i'm not all all that broken up about this but there's another uh, supposed celebration that's coming up in uh, 2009 as part of the What Will You Celebrate promotion that uh, I, I'm not sure you can call it a celebration. It's Stitch's supersonic celebration in Tomorrowland. Uh, stage show? Yeah, a, a dance party? Excuse me? Dance party. Okay, uh. um, you want to explain this one? Can't. Okay. <laughs> if you've been to any of these uh like you said the not so scary event or the very merry event where they have these little dance parties going on for kids i'm assuming it's something like that uh-huh. featuring stitch in tomorrowland all the time okay all right so yeah i i actually have been i was over in fantasy land over by the restrooms back there and there's a, a spot um where they were doing a dance party the um the Stepley Ugg sisters were, were there dancing and stuff like that. And, and, uh, so it's that kind of thing, but with stitch in Tomorrowland on a regular basis. From what I understand. Yeah. Huh. Well, all right. If, where, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. You don't know. Huh? I can't think of Maybe. anywhere where that would, and, and let, well, they've got, they've got that whole stage, area over there off to the side that they don't use much well that's that's why when you said that i said stage uh, stage show because that's right. what came to mind uh, no i'm not sure off the top of my head i didn't really bother to read a whole lot about it as soon as i saw stitches anything i just kind of stopped there right well yeah the only stitches that you're excited about is stitches not going to be in the park anymore that is correct um huh, okay and and this is something that is starting when 
Uh, sometime in 2009 from, I, I'm not sure exactly. Vague. All right. Very vague. All right. Um, well, we know, we know the date of the next event that's coming up. And this one I'm excited about. This would be the Haunted Mansion 40th anniversary event. Oh, nine, oh, nine, oh, nine. I'll be there. You will be there. Well, I can't, I can't, how could I possibly pass up a major Haunted Mansion event? Now, where are you going to be on 090909? Uh, I will be paying like $450 to take part in all of the festivities that they're offering. So you're going to go for the, for the big thing. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're starting out, I guess, over at California Adventure with a Haunted Mansion seminar, which I can only assume will include people like uh, Exitensio, you know, maybe Alice Davis, maybe Rolly Crump, who knows? Anybody who is Haunted Mansion related, hopefully, will be there. Uh, and they're going to have a special dinner over there and then followed by everybody moving on over to the mansion itself for even more festivities for the rest of the night. And uh, then we get to all blow thousands of dollars on merchandise that can, you know, go sit in our houses somewhere. Yeah, I you know, people that collect Haunted Mansion stuff, I can't understand those people. How about you? No, not at all. I mean, uh, you know, I think they should just all, you know, sell their stuff real cheap. To you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited about this. I I missed the 35th, I think it was. Um, the big event they had was the 30th. The, okay, the 30th. That's, that's the one I'm thinking of. Um, and that was the one with Mark Davis and everybody up on stage at the fantasy. Yes, Land Theater. yes, okay. exactly. And I, I unfortunately did not go to that one either. I, you know, wish I had. So this is the next best thing. Okay. Yeah. I will be at this one as well. I'm, I may not be on the $450 plan, but I will be there. Yeah. It's unfortunate that you have to buy one of the top plans. I'm pretty sure to get to go to the, the seminar, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I saw that they have different plans that you can get where you can stay at the grand Californian or you mm -hmm. can stay at the, you know, lower, the lower places and stuff, but I'll pay 55 bucks and stay across the street and spend that <laughs> money someplace else. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a fun night regardless of which package you get, but you know, I mean, Brian summer, Brian summer will be there and he'll be staying at the grand Californian. I'm sure of it. So it's, it's got, there's a reason that they do those expensive packages, but yeah, you just won't see me there. <laughs> well, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's been a while since they did the last Happy Haunts event out here, which I believe they did three of, and I've been missing those. So I'm real happy to see a a return of a Haunted Mansion event. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that uh, yeah, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Much coverage to follow. I'm sure that anything that we can uh, we can record that we have permission to record, we will be recording. So they, most definitely, they have that to look forward to on future shows. Uh, let's see. What else? You can, can what else is going on in, in next year? Um, you know, we were talking a lot about downtown Disney earlier yeah. and we did not mention some of the other changes that were going on outside of, uh, of pleasure Island. Um, recently the Hanes design your own t-shirt store opened, which was, Yay. it's, it's a store. Um, but, but what sounds a lot more exciting is what they're working on now. It's the, uh, the big balloon ride where you get to go up hundreds of feet in the air and look over, you know, all of Orlando pretty much. Okay. Uh, and I saw concept art for this. It's kind of like the one in Paris, right? It's, uh, essentially the exact same thing in Paris, but with a different skin on it. Mm. All right. D is it free? Uh, yeah, you, I doubt it. Okay. 
I was going to say if it's if it's free, it's going to have a heck of a long line for it. Yeah, I I, see, I doubt it is, and um, I, I I the the balloon itself is going to light up at night, which should be an interesting sight. You should pr- you'll probably be able to see it from many many spots across property. This place right here is where the Adventurers Club used to be. <laughs> if if they start putting uh, Vacation Club ads on the side of the balloon, that's where I draw the line. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. But that is Disney's best kept secret, though. Um, yes. So, oh, and I heard something about now a long time ago when I first was looking into going to Walt Disney World, they had these really cool tree houses that, you know, kind of like st- a stump with a with an upper level kind of thing. Mm. And I always wanted to stay in them, never got a chance. I heard something about the fact that the tree houses are coming back. Is that correct? Very much under construction right now. And uh, I don't know an ETA on when they're opening, but they're completely, you know, brand new overhaul. I believe they tore down all the old ones because they were, you know, shut down because they were kind of rotting and falling apart. Right. Um, so, so the new ones are now new through and through. And from the concept art, they look like they're going to be really nice. It's this cabin in the sky. Now, are they... Are, are are they like what what they used to look like? I mean, are they raised up off the ground and really looking cool like that? Yes, they are. It's a, you know, giant tree house. I mean, it's a big cabin in a tree. Neat. So, yeah, it's it sounds very cool. I I will definitely stay there. Huh. Yeah. I wonder I wonder what it Now that's just going to be it's not going to be DVC or anything. It's just going to be a resort, Ooh. right? Um, you know, I can't remember I, th- that, that announcement came out right at the same time that we were talking about another, uh, about the, um, the Bay Lake tower mm-hmm. DVC. So I'm trying to remember if the Treehouse villas is also going to be DVC. Mm. I almost want to say yes. Mm. I want you to say no. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of these DVC resorts, you can stay there even if you're not a vacation club member. It just depends on availability. So, right. See, one of the big deals having window to the magic being, Disneyland based. We don't have DVC out here, so none of my listeners have DVC points. So nobody, mm. nobody can ever give me points, <laughs> right? Well, that might change with the uh, you know Hawaii and the Grand Californian. And Disney recently announced that they're partnering up with RCI, the big timeshare you know company worldwide kind of thing, where you can trade in your vacation club points to go stay at any RCI location worldwide. And if you're an RCI member and you have a timeshare there, you can use it for vacation club. So it's really opening up a whole, here we go again, a whole new world of uh, <laughs> possibilities. I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> but I could have bookend the show with, yeah. with uh, but I won't do it. Um, and, you know, I, I heard about the RCI announcement and it worried me. And the reason it worried me is because it's already difficult enough to schedule time for DVC. Yeah, it'll be real interesting how they work it in there. I mean, the timeshare industry on its own is kind of shady. And if that element starts being introduced into the world of DVC, it's, you know, it might take away from DVC. Yeah, interesting. Oh, well, I'll have to see what they look like when, uh, you know, when time comes and we'll uh, maybe I can get somebody out in Florida to uh, to front me some DVC points for uh, Mouse Fest next year or something. Hey, uh, two and a half hours ago, didn't we say there wasn't much to talk about? <laughs> we do this every year, buddy. Uh, no, I know. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's, you know, I, I I got a couple of things that Window to the Magic is doing that I'd like to, to talk about real quick. And I, I'm pretty sure you got a couple of things uh, with Inside the Magic. 
I've always got something in the works. Yep, that's that's what makes us popular. Actually, I've, I I hear on Twitter and things like that that uh, one of the things that people love most about you is is your Amazon store, and um, all of the things that you do in the way of your magazine and um, online adventures and things. So that's the th- not the podcast, but all of those things that really make you popular and loved throughout the 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 kingdom, and the fact that I sell DVDs and things like that really makes me loved, but we've branched out this year. I think, I think we've got some new things that are happening. You, yeah, you know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned, uh, HD podcasts. Yes, yes, yes. I am actually starting the window to the magic HD feed, um, which by the time you're hearing this started, it started Christmas day and I am presenting actual high definition videos um, a lot of people like, like Ricky, um, when, when you go out and shoot, you shoot in high definition, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. But when you release it, you, uh, excuse the phrase, it's, it's not meant as a derogatory term, but you dumb it down to about 360 P, right? Yeah. I, I make them so that they are, you know, playable on an, an iPod or a, you know, whatever portable device. But, uh, you know, there's certainly something to be said for full high quality, uh, high definition videos. Right. See, and what I'm doing is I'm doing something that nobody is going to be able to put on their iPod. I'm actually doing full 720 P I would do 1080, but <laughs> it's not realistic, but 720 yeah. pixels by 1280 pixels will be the size of these videos. We are talking window to the magic like you have never seen before. And I am excited about this. It, we're going to have a long video once a month. And then for the other three weeks every month, we're going to have a one minute long video, which is just going to be a magic minute. And what, what we're going to do is we're going to feature all of those wonderful details about Disneyland and eventually Walt Disney World in full high definition glory. I've been looking forward to this for about two years now. I've been kind of working on it and, uh, and it's finally out. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. I, people should come over, go to iTunes, search WTTM, answer the phone and, (laughs) and, uh, and should, you know, look for window to the magic's high definition video feed and subscribe now, the one thing you got to keep in mind, like I said, you'll never be able to put this on an iPod. You have to watch this on a fast computer or on um, a um, Apple TV. And I'm also going to be putting them up on YouTube now that they've gone to uh, high definition widescreen as well. Yeah, that, that's really great that they finally upgraded that. And anybody with, a, with an Xbox 360 or a PlayStation 3 should be able to do that if they've got it hooked up to their to their computer as well and they can, you know, serve those videos up. Exactly. So it's just, it's window to the magic about four times as big as you're used to. So I'm excited and I think other people will too, uh, will be too, so... I can't wait. I, you know, I love high definition content. Uh, you know, we, we obviously talked about Blu-ray uh, earlier and uh, to see... Disney uh, content in its full HD glory. I am absolutely looking forward to it. I'm sure you'll do a, a great job with it, and I'll check it out. Thank you, sir. Immediately. Yes. And uh, and you you have got uh, got some other things going. Talk about your stuff for a bit. Well, uh, you know, a year ago when we sat down to do this, uh, I had just recently, a couple of months prior, if that, uh, launched Orlando Attractions magazine. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, you know, we were in our infancy then, and now here we are a year later, still alive in our second year, which I, I can't even believe it's been a year uh, since the last time we did this and since the last time, you know, since we launched it. But yeah, we are we are starting off our second year. Our seventh issue, since we come out six times a year, has uh, already come out. Uh, seventh issue is, on, you know, on sale now. And subscribers are getting in it's been it's been wonderful the response we've gotten to the magazine has been absolutely incredible people seem to love it you know we're a big hit over at all the local uh you know places that we've been covering a lot of people over you know at disney enjoy getting it all every time people over at universal and SeaWorld, and of course you know we're covering everything here in orlando and it's been such a blast to run around to every event in orlando and every you know attraction and just cover it all it's it's why we started it and it's been wonderful and uh you know to keep us around for uh you know to make it to year number three i you know i would love it if everybody everybody would uh, go check it out over at attractionsmagazine.com you know we've got back issues available everything except for issue number one which sold out quite a long time ago so other than that everything else is uh is still available we learned our lesson after issue number one and uh, have larger quantities available of the rest so it's been a real treat to work on it very very cool yeah i i uh i subscribe and i love it and you know people are thinking yeah sure whatever no i'm serious <laughs> um it's it's actually worth subscribing to i, I don't subscribe to a lot of magazines a matter of fact i used to subscribe to the disney magazine and I loved getting that, and they canceled that, and I was really bummed about it. Your magazine has taken the place of that for me. And so, you know, for those people who, who think, nah, I, you know, I, I don't really want to get it, I don't, I don't like it, you will like it. And, and this is a, an unpaid ador- endorsement. I honestly like this magazine, and you will too. So go over and, and subscribe to it. Um, I, I appreciate the kind words about it. I know uh, we've had a lot of people say very, very similar things about it. In fact, I'm not sure we've gotten really a negative comment about it, which was incredibly surprising because normally there's, you know, anonymous Internet people always saying, oh, you could do this better and that better. But really, everybody has loved it through and through. So I'm real, real happy about that. Which is beautiful. That's that's a good thing. Now, you recently um, started running ads on WTTM forums for a new thing that you're doing called Park Tunes. It's a website that, uh, you know, I, I said earlier that I watched a lot of the Olympics um, when it was on the, the, two, the Beijing Summer Olympics. And uh, while I was watching, you know, there's a lot of downtime when you're watching the Olympics and there's many, many hours of coverage. And while I was doing that, I was like, OK, what can I do to multitask? Well, instead of just sitting here staring at the Olympics all the time and the most common question that I have gotten over the three and a half years I've been doing uh, Inside the Magic is where can I get Disney music? You know, I hear it on your show all the time. Where do I get this? Where do I get that? And nine times out of ten, I have to respond and, and say, well, you can buy the official CDs in the parks. And if you really hunt around online on, you know, Amazon, MP3 store, iTunes, you might be able to find this track and that track. But I could never really offer a good single place for people to find that type of thing so i was like okay i'm just gonna have to make it and so i did i you know scoured the internet for every possible bit of information i could find about music that is played in disney parks and resorts and just put it all in a giant database and linked it all together and it's all at parktoons.com and uh you know i've had 
a lot of people write to me and say, oh, man, I love that you found X song or recently, you know, in the holiday season, people have been searching for Christmas and looking for Disney, you know, what music Disney picks to play in the parks for Christmas music. You know, they're everyday tracks. They're not things that Disney have has created, but it's, you know, it's kind of fun to play tunes at home that Disney has picked for their use in the parks. So. Absolutely. I, I know that, you know, for the longest time I was looking at Disneyland on Main Street, they play some some music box tracks. And they're really cool versions of Christmas tunes played by actual music boxes. And mm-hmm. and I, I found on the internet at some point where what album they were from. But a website like like yours, you're going to go through all of the different areas of the park and you're going to say, this is the music for this. This is the music for this. This is, and, and, do you have a way to then purchase that music? Yeah. And that's, the, that was the most difficult part about this. After finding all the information online, which, you know, as far as internet information goes, I um, unfortunately couldn't 100% verify every track on there. So I've been getting a lot of people writing to me and saying, oh, here's a track you missed. Here's a track that's not exactly correct. And I absolutely appreciate all of the input that kind of helped make the site better. But uh, aside from that, the next step was to then link to where you can get all this music legally, because there's certainly a lot of not so legal options out there. And I don't really want to be involved with any of that. But fortunately, a lot of the music Disney uses is from artists you know that they didn't hire they just kind of use this music from other albums and that sort of thing in their parks you know it as disney music but really it's just a piece of music from some album somewhere so uh i'd say about half if not more of the tracks on the site are linked to either amazon's mp3 store or the itunes music store or both to where you can just click away you know 99 cents later you've got the song it's perfectly legal and you can enjoy it as as much as you want and the good part about that is is that it helps support inside the magic at the same time right it does. Uh, of course, you know, I've joined affiliate programs for both of them. So every purchase, I do get a very, very small fraction of the purchase. I mean, it's only 99 cents and then I get a tiny percentage of each one, but every little bit helps, you know, I'm, uh, and I, I, that's absolutely why I put the site together, not only for informational purposes, but for an extra boost to help me go to special events and, you know, all that sort of thing. I'm going to be investing in a new portable MP3 recorder soon so that you can stop hearing little weird gaps in the audio that I record. So things like that come from uh, all the support that we get. Uh, we'll talk about that one offline. Um, now, is this, um, are, do you have the park attractions in there as well? Or is it just the non-Disney stuff? I mean, can I go and buy the soundtrack to Carousel of Progress? Whenever stuff is available online, it is linked there as well. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of Disney stuff is, is you know, is unreleased. Um, it, it's out there. It circulates. I, the legality of those tracks is kind of unknown, so I do not link to those. But anything that is available commercially is linked on there. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, now, you were mentioning earlier that you were going to be out here for the um, the Haunted Mansion event at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that you will not be attending the Friends of the Magic event in July? I need you to tell me more about that event. Okay. Um, Friends of the Magic is, it. most people know what Mouse Fest is. That's the easiest way to describe it, except it's kind of a very, very small version of that. What we're doing is we're getting together um, people at uh, at Disneyland 
who are podcast fans, podcast listeners, podcast creators, and we're going to go to Disneyland and we're going to have a weekend where we hang out in the parks together, we record shows, we ride rides, we have experiences, we eat food. And on top of this, we're, we're adding something that none of the other Disney events, save the NFFC, uh, has. We're actually going to be inviting the Disney legends themselves out to join us in the park for some of these events. One of the things that, uh, that we're doing in addition to this friends of the magic thing is we're going to have a cruise to Mexico. Like mouse fest has got the mouse fest cruise and the mouse fest land. Um, our, we're kind of the same model, except when you go on the cruise with us at this point, we've got, I think it's four, four or five Disney legends that are going to actually be going on the cruise with us. And so you'll be actually able to go to Disneyland, meet Bob Gurr, famed Imagineer, the guy who created the monorail. And you're going to be able to actually listen to him talk about the monorail in person. This isn't just going to the park and riding the Pirates of the Caribbean and saying, isn't that cool? This is actually sitting and listening to someone that was actually involved in the creation of Disneyland. And then having an experience with them, such as going on a ride with them or going on the cruise. Margaret Carey, the original uh, model for Tinkerbell, is going to be coming out. She's scheduled to go on the cruise with us. She's going to be making a special appearance on the course of the Friends of the Magic Weekend. You're going to actually be able to meet that woman that, that they used to create Tinkerbell. I mean... This is going to be a fun weekend and I'm, I'm trying to get people like Ricky and, and, and others to come out and be part of this because there's a lot of, lot of the ability for people to meet podcasters and whatever at Walt Disney world, but there's a whole group of people that never make it to Walt Disney world, but they can come out to Disneyland. And I want to kind of start something over on the West coast that kind of has that same flavor to it. And I, that's, that's what I want to do. Does that sound like a good idea to you? That sounds like a, a great idea. I definitely think, you know, it's one thing to head out here to Mouse Fest. It was, of course, uh, pretty recently out here. And it, like you said, it's great to go and meet up with, you know, your friends from, from various websites online, go enjoy, you know, a ride on the Haunted Mansion or whatever. But to actually experience those attractions with somebody who had a hand in creating them or is somehow involved in Disney history is a real unique idea. And it sounds like a, a whole lot of fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that was the idea when we created this was it was let's, let's do this, but Disneyland is where everything was started and there's right, all the Imagineers right. and, and stuff are here. Um, Terry Harden, one of the Imagineers who's created things throughout the Disney parks is going to be coming down. Um, she, she's going to be hanging out. She is just a hoot. She is just the f best person to talk to about things involving Disney and the creative process. She's a sculptor. There, there was a, a, a sculpture that was done a while back, which was Tinkerbell standing on a map. Did you ever see that? It sounds familiar. Okay. She did that. 
you know, I mean, she's that level of creative artist. She is, she's, yeah, well, I, I've got, uh, in my, uh, massive Haunted Mansion collection, I've got one of her pieces that she did of the, uh, the bat stanchion on the, uh, little column with the plaque on it. It's one of my favorite pieces. Yeah. See, and that, that is the type of person that I want to bring out and, and give people a chance to meet. Um, Roger Brogy was the guy who was in charge of Walt Disney's trains. He was the guy that, that, you know, I mean, even Walt's personal trains, he took care of them. Michael Brogy, his son, is a Disney historian, and he is going to be coming out and talking with you, talking about Walt and his love of trains. He likes to say you're two degrees of separation from Walt himself. I mean, Michael actually rode around Disneyland in the train with Walt Disney. You know, I mean, this is going to be fun. Yeah, you can't you can't beat an experience like that. I mean, obviously, you can't go and meet Walt Disney anymore, unfortunately. So, to meet anybody that has any direct connection with him is is you know I've had the pleasure of meeting a few, and it's just a, amazing to hear the kind of stories that they can tell. Right, and the most recent person that we have added to the Friends of the Magic Weekend and the Legends Cruise, Imagineer X Atencio. I mean, X is going to be coming out and hanging out and going on the cruise with us. How would you like to get on a, on a boat and be able to, to listen to X and talk to him and spend three or four days, not, not just an hour in a room, but actually being able to actually talk with this man one-on-one. X Atencio, this is the guy who's, who does, you know, the the um the skeleton in in the Pirates of the Caribbean. He's the guy that says that the haunted mansion has broken down. He wrote the words to Yo Ho a Pirate's Life for me. And Grim Grinning Ghosts. Yeah, I mean, this is this is big time. This is good. Yeah, you know, definitely. It, it it sounds like a really good event. What what are the uh, what are the dates? It is going to be uh, the Friends of the Magic Weekend and the Legends Cruise are two different things but they are interconnected. They're kind of running at the same time, but the friends of the magic weekend starts on the 24th of July in 2009. And it runs through th- that Sunday. So it's the 24th, 25th, 26th. And there may be some additional stuff on the 27th, depending uh, on who's doing what on the on Monday, the 27th, that's when everybody needs to be over um, getting onto the ship that is going to be going on the cruise. So it, it, that runs through the 31st. So it's quite a commitment. It's a, it's a week worth of time, but again, they are two separate things. I have people that have said, I'm coming out. I'm going to go to the friends of the magic weekend. I cannot afford to go on the cruise. Now going on the cruise, booking the cruise right now, you go to legendscruise.net. You can actually book that cruise for $25 down. So it's, it's, there's, you know, it's very little money to actually buy into it, but the friends of the magic weekend itself, different from the cruise, you can go to either. I have somebody that is just coming out and going on the cruise. They're not going to be, they can't commit quite that long. So they're going to go on the cruise by themselves. 
So, well, you 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 mentioned the website about the uh, about the cruise. Is there a site to go to uh, to register for the the land portion? Then? Not yet. Although friends okay. friends of the magic, uh, we're going to have something. I think I I believe it's um, Tony from above the firehouse has actually got the the web address. I think it's friendsofthemagic.com. I I think it's friendsofthemagic.com. But um, it, right now it's just a placeholder, but that will be where it's actually going to be uh, information about that itself. Um, but in addition to all of this stuff with these, with these Imagineers, on top of that, we're going to have podcasters. And so when, when the legends aren't around, you're going to be able to hang out with, with some of the biggest names in Disney podcasting. I'm talking... You know, in addition to Ricky, I'm talking with Gary from the Mouse Lounge. I'm talking to the guys from All About the Mouse. I'm talking with Steve from the Muppet Cast. I'm talking with Lou Mangello. I'm I'm talking with all of these people, seeing if they can come out and hang out with you guys in July. So at at the in the next couple of weeks, uh, th- you know, probably by the end of January, I'm going to have some actual names of people that are actually committed to going, and then we're going to get solid information going but uh but for right now it's you know it's going to be a good weekend and it's uh it's going to be a week in july where you're going to be able to have an experience like none other it sounds like a lot of fun I, i'll definitely uh keep monitoring that uh, website to see when more information comes up and and you know certainly let me know and we'll uh spread the word around as it moves further. Absolutely. And hopefully we'll be able to get you out there. You know, we, you've met with a bunch of your, uh, your listeners on the East coast and, uh, and we'll see if we can't get you out here to, to do the West coast as well. So, uh, that's, uh, that's pretty much it for window to the magic stuff. I think, uh, oh. well, I mean, I, we both kind of have a, a milestone coming up, uh, for both of our shows in, uh, in 2009. I think it's great that you're, you know, putting, an event like that together, probably right around the time ish that you're going to be hitting 200 episodes. Oh, now wouldn't that be cool if our 200th episode was during the Friends of the Magic Week? Yeah, I mean, obviously mine uh, won't be anywhere near there. I think mine's coming up in in just a couple of weeks. Probably, I guess, early February is when I'm going to hit 200. But uh, yeah, yours will be a couple months after that. Well, congratulations ahead of time. And that's uh, you know, I was amazed when I hit 10 shows. I was amazed when I hit two shows. <laughs> so you know, I'm, well, but I I didn't ha- hadn't even been listening to you yet when you hit two shows. But mm. but uh, yeah, when I mean ten shows, twenty shows, fifty shows, a hundred shows, two hundred shows. I can't, I can't believe it, it. It's it's a lot, and uh, you know, I it's been it's had a lot of ups and downs, and uh, mostly ups, I would say. And you know, every week I still keep coming back to the microphone and. Just it's it's all about, and this is what I said to a whole lot of people who who did uh, show up at Mouse Fest, and I talked to them is that I 100% do this because people are listening, and I'm getting you know all of these emails and forum posts and all of that sort of thing that people just love the show, and I mean that's absolutely the reason we do it. See, I I 100% do it for the fame and the fortune. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, or the f- well, no, I guess neither of those happens. Huh. Well, I guess I must do it for the friends, uh, the listeners, and the emails, too. Weird. Yeah, it's kind of a, a backup plan, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Oh, well. Um, yeah. Well, um, since we're going to be doing 200 shows, uh, do you want to do this again next year, you think, maybe? 
Well, uh, let's see. Another uh, once a week. That's another 52 shows. So yeah, we'll be up, uh, shoo, getting close to 250 by then, I guess. Wow. Okay. Well, um, same time next year. Yeah. Uh, and I think if we talked much longer tonight, uh, we would actually be running into 2009. So good point. We probably need to wrap this up. Yes. Yes. And that's uh, that's a good point. Thank you, my friend, for coming out and hanging out with me. Always a pleasure, and uh, it's been another another fantastic year in the world of Disney, and I, I certainly look forward to everything that is to come in 2009. I have a feeling there will be a lot of surprises. Oh, I, I don't doubt that. And, you know, between you and I, we can make magic happen every week for the listeners. And, uh, and you know, I was kidding earlier. It absolutely is about making the magic and uh, and the friends that uh, that we make. So I'm, I'm looking forward to another year worth of friends. And uh, hopefully everybody will join us to do that. Great. Uh, to wrap it up then, why don't you uh, just mention where we can find Window to the Magic. If For those of you who are listening uh, you know, via Inside the Magic, of course, the show is being played on both of our podcasts. So for those of you not familiar with, uh, with Window to the Magic out there, Paul, why don't you tell them where, where they can find your glorious podcast. I don't have a glorious podcast, but my regular podcast is <laughs> <laughs> is at windowtothemagic.com. You can search WTTM in iTunes. Every show we've got has got its own feed. Matter of fact, I've even got a feed up there just for the shows that Patrick, my co-host, does. Uh, for those of you who like Patrick's shows and don't want to be annoyed by my shows every week. Um, and uh, WTTMforums.com is where you can come and, and comment and uh, talk to me and uh, i'm also available on twitter just look up wttm we uh, we have an announcement feed there and uh let's see i think that's pretty much it podcast at window is the email that's where they send the complaints exactly yes your show was too long <laughs> well that's a given uh yeah and then for those of you of course who are listening on window to the magic and have no idea uh, about Inside the Magic, you can find that over at distantcreations.com slash Inside the Magic, and everything else that I've mentioned that I, I'm related to can be linked off of there, though I will specifically mention once again Orlando Attractions Magazine because I am very proud of it and would invite everybody to check it out over at attractionsmagazine.com. Absolutely. So I think we're done, my friend. That is the ear in review for 2008. Paul... It's been a pleasure talking to you once again. Back at you, my friend. I, I'm serious about doing it next year. So uh, I will, uh, well, I'll talk to you before then, but I will talk to you next year.